This is the Bench Warmers with your host, Cody Foxley and Cage Lang. Brought to you by 881 The Bird, your music central. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bench Warmers here on 881 The Berg. Very glad to have all of you. My name's Cajol, and uh, Cody, how you doing today? Dude, I'm doing good. What's up, Cajol, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. We're doing this video show for the first time, so if you want to check us out, you can do so at our website, 881theberg. Uh, you can see uh, Cody's lovely face and uh, whatever I woke up with this morning. So, Yes, it... sir. Please don't let my mom be the only one that tunes into that. Please, guys. <laughs> yeah, so please if you're listening in the in. car and you're looking for something to throw on around the house uh, while you're doing your Sunday cleaning, whatever it is, uh, yeah, feel free to check us out. But um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, we're going to be going over some of the March Madness stuff uh, in just a minute here. Uh, we're going to be talking about NFL Bachelors and then a little bit later on, Baseball season's starting up. I know I'm super excited about it. Cody, I know uh, you're equally as thrilled. Dude, oh, dude, man. Huh, yeah. <laughs> Stoked. So, uh, Stoked. If you're, uh, if you're as fake excited as Cody is, um, <laughs> then this show will actually be kind of perfect for you because we're going to be talking about a little bit on why you might be wanting to tune into baseball this year. Uh, I know that a lot of people have like a lot of the older generations might have told you in the past tune in tune in tune in but this year i think that this is going to be a year that everyone uh around washington can get into so we're going to be talking a little bit about that and then of course at the end of the show we're going to be discussing all the big news with the dolphins and the niners what's going on there break down what the trade means or two trades i guess uh not only for those teams involved but for some of the teams that are going to be picking at the top of the draft and maybe looking for quarterbacks so mm-hmm. all that uh, is what you can expect over the next two hours but as i said let's kick it off talking about some march madness cody you want to get us going on that one yeah yeah so we had i think four games last night and unfortunately i was only able to catch uh oral roberts and arkansas Tragic. and houston and syracuse so I mean, let's just start it off with Oral Roberts, man. Oh, my God, dude. That that game was so so heartbreaking because they were up by at least double digits in the second half, Cajol. And it just – it hurt it hurt me to see them throw the lead away, honestly. Like, yeah, honestly, like, the, I don't think that there was a team that anyone else uh, in March Madness was being rooted for as heavily as Oral Roberts. Like, no one knew about them coming in. But then all of a sudden, the 15th seed upset, like – Everyone was on their side and it just fell a little bit short with that like last three at the end. But yeah, no, I agree. I was willing to ride if they didn't make the final <laughs> four. Like I really, really wanted them there. Like because my back is all brackets already all the way messed up. So I was yeah. like Oral Roberts all the way. But I mean, they choked it at the end. It was a great season for them, though. You know, a 15 seed making it to the Sweet 16. Like, what can you say about that? So shout out to them, man, for real. Yeah, I think they definitely went around further than they thought they were gonna. I yeah. think that. It was definitely just big for them to be able to play in that, but I when you watched at the end, like after they had gotten that taste of victory, like they you could tell they wanted so much more. Um, and you know, I thought that they actually like were when you watched their team, like they were playing in the close games and uh when they were up like ten, I was like, I all they gotta do is hold this lead. And then immediately after, uh it's an eleven and two run against them. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was just like, ooh, yikes! This is uh, not going too well. And I think that was kind of when you started to see the writing on the, ro- the writing on the wall for them. So, yeah, unfortunate that they're out, but other teams to root for, I'm sure. But. Yeah, 
for real. I mean, okay, so I wanted to bring up something with you, Kajo. Is that yep. so? When I was watching it with my roommate last night, he brought up something that I thought was like kind of weird, but it made me think a little bit. So you know, at the end when Oral or not Oral Roberts, it's tied up seventy to seventy, I think. Yeah. Arkansas has the ball. There's no shot clock left. So my roommate was actually screaming out, "Foul! Foul!" He mm. wanted them to foul. That way, they had a chance to miss one of the free throws. And then Oral Roberts can go down and get a layup instead of going for the game winner. What yeah. are your thoughts on that? Actually, I didn't even think of that. I think that should have been in the coach's mind. Uh, were they in the Were they in the double bonus at that point? I thought I, both teams were in the double bonus. I I don't remember. Um, I wasn't paying attention to that. I think mm-hmm. so. I think you. I think they were. Which, if they're in they the double bonus, then that's going to mean is that three? Do they get three, or is it still the standard two? I thought it was three free throws at that it's, point. If you're it's reaching, three. it's three free throws. So yeah, you're you're like risking. I think it's a risk-reward thing. Uh, free throws are something that every player should make, uh, like, ideally in their mind 100% of the time. Obviously, they're not going to do it. Yeah. But um, if you're in the double bonus at that point, I think that all that matters really is uh, if they hit the three, then your best chance is to tie with you having to hit a three therefore afterwards. So um, in that case, I would be a little bit skeptical about it, but you never know. Like, I think that... Obviously, looking back at it now and seeing that they lost probably could have worked. Probably could have worked, <laughs> giving them a little bit more time. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate they had to go that way. Yeah. No, I don't know. I feel like – so, I mean, in in college, shooting free throws is a lot different than shooting in the NBA because, like, yeah. a lot of the NBA players, they unless you're a center or a big man, like, your free throw percentage is mostly, like, above, like, 85%. Whereas in college – like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people miss their free throws more. So I, I, I think so. I think if I was in that position now thinking about it, I would have definitely fouled and mm-hmm. risked, like, having them make all their free throws because, you know, it's it's a risk. It's a low risk, high reward, I think, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But I think we should definitely get into the Syracuse game because, oh, man, this one, this one definitely made me mad because Buddy Beheim, coach's son, number 35, bro, Repping KD, like, this dude could not hit a shot to save his life, Cajal. It, it was so bad. I was really rooting for Q's to win the entire, not the entire thing, but, like, to win, to beat yeah. um, Houston. Because, honestly, I don't really know much about Houston. I know I know Buddy Beheim. I know he's a great shooter. And it just, they had, they, they had their chance to win, like, third, towards the second half. Houston could not make a shot to save their life. It was like 40 to 31, and all Syracuse had to do was make a couple threes or take it in for a layup. But no, it just seemed like they were afraid to like take it into the paint, hmm. and they were just chucking up threes like no other. Yeah, I think uh, it was similar to what I kind of saw from Oral Roberts in that regard. Is I don't know why, like when these teams feel like they're in catch-up mode, it might be like the panic and stuff, but like. Uh, when I'm looking at the score, I didn't watch the Syracuse game, but it looks like Syracuse didn't even really show up. No, like <laughs> it. That's it. Just looks like they kind of mailed it in at some point. But like I think that you're seeing a lot of this, where a lot of the kids in the moment, I don't know if they want to be the heroes or if they're just panicking and they're putting up threes and stuff. But it seems like from what I've seen, a lot of times when teams are down, sometimes it works, but a lot of times. Uh, they're just putting up these threes that aren't working. They're not landing. And mm-hmm. ultimately, I think that that's why a lot of these teams are having a harder time coming back because it's really big. It's a different stage. Like, a lot of these kids haven't been there, especially when you consider that there was no tournament last year. Like, 
Um, I think that it's just a lot of pressure on these kids, and uh, I think they're not necessarily making the right decisions when they get it. No, I, I would have to agree with you on that. I also think it has to go with um, the new school way of playing basketball. Like, a lot of guys now are just chucking up threes, and I hate to say it, but I blame Steph Curry for that. You know, he really <laughs> he really changed the game. Now, a lot of even big men, big men back in the day never shot threes, but, like, everyone shoots threes now, and I think it's just the mentality of just new school basketball. Like, if you're down by double-digit points, it's just easier to just chuck up threes and pray that it goes in but i mean i don't blame them they're like like syracuse they have shooters for sure it just seems like houston wasn't hitting any of their shots in the second half for like the longest time and neither was syracuse they had a chance to you know come in and take the lead or tie it up even if they just you know was aggressive but it, it just seemed like they just wanted to chuck up threes the entire time and oh man that yeah. definitely lowered <laughs> buddy Beheim's uh draft stock yeah. for sure well, uh, I know that there's one big game now. If I know you were down about Syracuse, I was down about Oral Roberts, but there's one big team that I think all of people in Washington can root for. Uh, yes, Zags are going on right now. Yes, sir. We actually uh, we weren't able to watch that first portion, which kind of sucks. We had to prep for the show, obviously, get everything going, uh, get our notes in a row, but. Uh, looking at the score right now, uh, I think it's 43-33. Yep, and it's half-time, half. 43-33. <clears throat> yes, so. sir. I'm actually, hold on, let me look. I just want to see who's the leading score. Of course. Are we surprised? Can we, just take a guess. Who's the leading score? Uh, uh, Jalen Suggs. Uh, that, that, okay. That was a good guess, actually. That was not a bad guess, but I was hoping you'd go for the handlebar guy, the mustache oh. Drew Timmy, you know? Come on, man. This dude's a living legend. He's like the Gardner Minshew of NCAA basketball. Dude. Honestly, I ain't even, I ain't even in on, a uh, college basketball that much, but, uh, I, I heard you talking about him a little bit earlier <laughs> in the show, so I'm, I'm glad your boy's popping off. I'm glad. Matthew Lang is a player on the team? Ooh. Is he, is he on Zags? Yeah. I think so. Oh yeah, he is a guard. He might, he uh, get might minutes, be my cousin. So. He's That's probably a freshman. <laughs> All right. And then, uh, <laughs> did you have any more games you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Uh, those are the only two games I was able to catch last night. Um, as of tonight, I'm really excited for obviously Oregon USC. I'm an Oregon guy, so yeah, I do gotta Oregon. say I'm excited to see Oregon State. Go further than Oregon in this playoffs. I know yeah, you ha, guys ha. have a tougher road, but that's <laughs> no. kind of why I'm stoked about this, to see Oregon State, the team that not many people had moving on in their brackets, probably going to end up uh, – well, they are definitely ending up in the Elite Eight, but – Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Oregon got has one more – I mean, not one more. Obviously, they have to beat – USC, who has a top three prospect in Evan Mobley. And then even if they beat that, they got to go against Zag. And I'm rooting for Zag, honestly. Like, I want a hometown team to win this year. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's tough. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to that tonight for sure. And, yeah, I think there's still the chance for the Oregon, Oregon State. <laughs> oh, no, I do not want to see that. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, that I think would all, be legitimate March Madness. I think all Washingtonians would just despise that. Like, yeah. no Washingtonian is going to watch that <laughs> game for sure. <laughs> all right, so. well, that's uh, that's all we got for uh, March Madness this coming time. We're probably going to start talking about it a little bit more as things boil down to less games. Uh, so we'll go into like things with the Elite Eight, yes, sir. Uh, Final Four, all that stuff whenever it comes. But for now, uh, let's move on to something we planned to do last week. We're going to talk a little bit about our NFL bachelor roster. This mm -hmm. one's a <clears throat> this one's a nice little goof segment we got going on. Uh, so Bachelor just ended a couple weeks ago. Up next is the Bachelorette. So got us thinking. If you don't know what the Bachelorette is, it's basically the version of the Bachelor where a uh, female comes on and competes 
or and then there's a bunch of males who come in and compete for the love of the woman that is uh that is the bachelorette and so we decided what would it look like if we made our ideal like bachelorette roster like um from like each position in the nfl so let's just start with uh probably the top one cody do All you right. Want to go so with quarterback? Before I get back in, before I start listing the <laughs> rosters, I do want to say that like these players that I've chosen specifically, I know KJ, you got some players yeah, that yeah, you yeah, want to yeah. talk about too. These players, I think, would just be super entertaining and like just have fun on the show. Like I can just see these guys like on the Bachelorette. So you said you want to start out with some quarterbacks? Yeah, let's let's give it a go. Okay. You know what? I got to bring in my money maker. I think the best quarterback that I got on my roster is definitely. Uh, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, my guy, Jimmy G, not the yeah. best football player, but uh, he is definitely a beautiful man who will do well on a bachelorette scenario. So. You know, I, I was I, I respect that one. Uh, he definitely gets a lot of uh, news and publicity for like him and his dating and stuff, if you know anything about him. But ultimately, uh, I think I'm going to have to go a little bit younger. I was going to look at maybe Joe Burrow not to be Homer or anything. But uh, since you went with the kind of cool option, I'm going to go the exact opposite. <laughs> Let's go Justin Herbert. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. No, <laughs> dude, dude, dude. OK, think about it. Every single year, there has to be some sort of guy who is like probably not, you know, the, the coolest dude um, that like has a chance. And he plays at the coolest position in the game. But I cannot think of many quarterbacks who like are as talented but also just like not dripping in swag like oh like dude. justin herbert herbert's swag is so drippy that i need an umbrella dude. so he's, i think he's he's out there i think we're gonna have a lot of really cool funny players on this one i i feel, I feel honestly, like dude I, honestly gotta okay. get one so so here here's the you put justin herbert right <laughs> i have so i have more quarterbacks obviously besides jimmy garoppolo dude mm-hmm. i'd rather see drew Locke. <laughs> than oh. justin herbert bro i Listen. mean drew's drew's a cool dude and all but he, he's just not good. I mean, hey, I didn't say they had to be good. I said they had yeah. to be entertaining. I, I mean, you Drew picked Locke Jimmy Garoppolo. Entertaining. Yeah, you picked Jimmy Garoppolo, so obviously they don't have to be good. Yeah, no kidding, dude. <laughs> Jimmy G's. Wow. I was expecting you to fight back on that no, one, I'm Mr. Not, Niners fan. Oh, no, I'm, I'm a Zach Wilson or die at this point. So, but we'll talk <laughs> about that later. But no, All right, no, so no, no. I, I honestly, I think I was just throwing the Justin Herbert out to be fun. But, yeah, let's go with Jimmy G. Let's go with Jimmy G. Jimmy G. So we got the, pretty much the NFL's most eligible bachelor. There at quarterback. Now, uh, let's move on to some of the flashier positions. Wide receiver. So I actually have quite a few wide receivers. I'm actually I'm gonna list them in order from what I have. So currently, I have shouldn't be a shocker to anyone. Odell Beckham. So OBJ, yeah. and I also have Stephon Diggs. Now, hear me out, okay? Stephon Diggs, not the most beautiful person I've ever seen, but. <laughs> If you ever watch this dude on like Celebrity Family Feud or any reality TV, this dude is straight up hilarious. I think he'll have a good time. Like he'll have, like I I could just see him like on Bachelor in Paradise, just like chucking around a football and just like hanging out with the boys, like instead of just going out and doing all these things. So yeah, no, I I actually agree with that one. Honestly, yeah. I think that uh, I think that he's probably the way to go with this one, only because you look at a guy like 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 Diggs when he's with Allen. And they're just such goofballs. Like the, when you watch them in like post game interviews and stuff, they're having such a fun time. And I think you need kind of like that fun childish energy mm-hmm. uh, if you, you were to make this show. So um, I think Diggs would be a good one. I will throw out there really fast. 
I do kind of want to see Sammy Watkins. I know that he's, well, because Sammy's a good looking dude. I think he's a pretty good looking dude, but also he's like a, he's one of the lizard conspiracists, you know? Oh my God, he is? <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, he what? thinks like lizards are running the government and stuff from what I've read. Oh, uh, so <laughs> um, I definitely think that that would be some fun energy to have on the show. Uh, but we can save that for a little bit later. I, I mean, if we're talking tell... about fun energy, I got CD Lamb, okay, on my list. No, he's just going to snatch his phone away. Like... Uh, dude, <laughs> CD Lamb. Okay, how about, how, about, how about Chase Claypool then? Oh God! Come no. on, bro. No, he's one half of the he's Corvette Corvette off, boys. He's awful. He's awful. Okay, for for all that, just to end this and make sure it doesn't end on Claypool, we're going with Diggs. Diggs. All right, <laughs> I like. Diggs. No, it's good. We're good with Diggs. We're good with Diggs. I'm talking about if we want any more other flashy receivers yeah. there. Like, I don't know. About, well, okay, what about Sterling Shepard? Sterling Shepard. Hear me out. I know nothing about Sterling Shepard other than he's like a a mid-rate receiver that plays for a bad franchise. Okay, but here's the thing. We're not going based off of how talented they are. If we were, okay. we'd have guys like Tyree Kill on this list. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or Mike Evans. Like, yeah. this is entertainment. And I think Sterling Shepard, if you give him a mic, give him some scripts, he could be an entertaining dude. I'm not going to lie. I feel I, like that's 90% of the people in the NFL, though. Like, See, I, I, I don't think uh, – I'm sorry. I, I'm blank spacing right now. What receiver did you just say? Sammy Watkins. Uh, Sammy Watkins. I think Sterling Shepard would be more entertaining than Sammy Watkins. Okay, that, that might be a given, but, like, for, like, the fact that you want to root for him. I'm saying, like, we could put Stephon Diggs down here now, but we got to get at least one villain – not villain on here, but, like, someone that, like, everyone's like, yeesh. They're going out first round, you know. Like you gotta, you gotta set someone up for like the. Oh. If everyone's Jimmy G, then you lose some of the intrigue. Like, okay. you gotta okay. have the the player where it's like they should go out week one, but if they don't, everyone's like, what? Why did? Why I not? I mean, so this. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that person has to be a receiver. Yeah, I, no, no, no. We can. We we're fine with receiver. We can yeah. go to a different position. Because I think that. that guy could be Jalen Ramsey. All right, so we'll move on to corner. You think Jalen Ramsey? I mean. Okay, if Come you're going, on. like, do you think Jalen Ramsey's one of the weirder players in the NFL? Yeah, dude. If I guarantee you, if you put him in a bachelor or a bachelorette scenario, dude, dude he'll, he'll, be, he'll become a playboy. Like, he's literally going to go there and have fun. He's not going to take <laughs> anything serious. He's going to treat it like a game. He's going to go there and make money and try to get sponsorships more than, like, actually try to find love. Like, I feel like he's the type of person that if we put on there, he's going to look for, like, sponsorships and money and all that stuff. Like... Like, I don't remember, okay, so a while ago in the Bachelor at Emily's season, that blonde girl, yeah. uh, the, the skateboard guy, he won the show. Mm -hmm. And everyone was so surprised. Like, Ramsey is going to be like that. I can see it. Like, okay. Ramsey would show up in, like, a baller suit with diamond earrings worth more than, like, my entire house. And it's just like, I don't know. I can see it. Or DK Metcalf. So I will throw in a curveball for that one because I don't even think Ramsey's the weirdest corner in the NFL because – you know, do you remember Marcus Peters? Do you remember the fact that he ran out of a tunnel in the middle of a game with with just his socks on? I don't like I don't with no shoes that. on. He had Is no. It, did he do this in Kansas City? Yeah, he no. He, I think he did it in Kansas City against the Jets. Oh I my might God. be. I might be wrong. My he was no, and he's a wild dude. Like he's he's kept a little bit more quiet recently. I think both of them have because I think both of them have faced some like. Like the team just being like, yo, 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 you guys, <laughs> you guys got to calm down a bit. Ooh. But I, I, while I don't think either of them's necessarily a bad play, I do think, however, um, that when you look at it, that Marcus Peters is going to be a little bit more of that wild guy. But more than Jalen? 
I think that Jalen, I think he will be a little bit more clout chasery, but Marcus Peters is just raw intrigue. <sighs> Dude, I just don't like Marcus Peters. I don't want to watch him on my screen. Like, if I was going to watch this show yeah. and Marcus Peters was there, I would, I mean, I guess it fits into your de- definition because I would be rooting for him to go out week yeah, one. I'm like, exactly. get out of here. And that's so, why I think he's got to go on there. Uh, you know what? Fine. We'll throw Marcus uh, Peters let's on Let's go. There. Let's go. We'll throw him on there. I, <laughs> All right. Not? Next position. What do you want? Next position. Let's do a defensive player. Let's get some defensive. Let's show some defensive love, man. All right. So uh, D-line. Yeah. My show? defensive players. Uh, <laughs> shouldn't be a shocker. Uh, I went Niner again. I got Nick Bosa. <clears throat> okay. I got yeah. two. I got Nick Bosa and I got TJ Watt. I like the TJ Watt one. So you don't like Nick Bosa? Uh, not <sighs> Nick Bosa's just like he's very good as a player. On the field, he's very exciting, but off the field, he's just kind of boring. Whereas what? like TJ's like opinionated, he has like a good old time, and I'm not a huge fan he's a of class watching act, TJ. Bro. Uh, yeah, he's a class act, but that usually in the NFL means that he don't really like speak too much. Mm. I think Nick <clears throat> Bosa would be one of those guys that if he was on the Bachelorette, he would actually like have a lasting relationship if he won the show. And that's yeah. why I think he should be on there. I think they need someone like that, someone for the audience to root for that can do well, like Nick Bosa, TJ Watt. These guys, oh. like, I feel like they would actually, like, you know, want a relationship out of the show because a lot of people just go on the show, they get married, they win, and then afterwards, you know, you hear them break up because after the bachelor money or something, you know? Well, you, uh, you know who's, like, a silent guy who I think everyone likes to root for? Who? What about Miles Garrett? Dude, Miles is so cool. Like, did you hear that story about like some dude like walks up to him and punches him in the face at like an airport, and he just laughed <sighs> at the guy. Actually? Yeah, like he's <laughs> he's just like one of the coolest guys, but like by doing it by being quiet, I think. Um, you know, and I think it's like that quiet intrigue where like we have a bunch of loud mouths on our on our roster so far. Like, I I wouldn't be opposed to adding Garrett, but uh, Bosa kind of fits I mean, the same. Yeah, I was gonna bill, say so. Bosa Garrett. Like, it's it's <clears> honestly like apples to oranges at this point because obviously i prefer nick, nick bosa but you know miles garrett i i don't hate it i don't hate it okay i i would pref- i would i think honestly if we wanted to do it'd be like nick bosa miles garrett and leave tj watt let's out of this. let's add them let's just add them both miles garrett and nick bosa i think they'd both be good selections there we go there all we right. go miles and bosa all right uh we need a running back in here we need a running back perfect saquon barkley easy <laughs> yeah I, I mean i mean i don't really have a Anyone else? I mean, like, Kamara's really cool. I like him. Yeah, Derrick I'm, I'm Henry not, is no, no. monstrous. But Derrick Henry would scare everyone. Yeah. yeah he, he, he's he's not a bachelor guy. He's playing football, and that's what he, he – he, he's a business is booming type of guy, dude. You yeah, know? okay. He, okay, we'll, we'll just go Saquon. That, one, that one's a quick and easy. Saquon. And then uh, we probably have – Do we want to show some love to the tight end position? Yeah, let's go tight ends. Tight end position. This is really easy, too. Daddy Travi, Travis Kelsey. Oh, are, are you going to disagree with that? I mean, I've already we already talked about it last week. I've already seen him on a dating show. <sighs> I've already seen him on a dating show. We don't need another one. But, oh, OK, fine. George Kittle. <sighs> George Kittle. Uh, I don't think he's the most attractive dude in the world, but that's that's just common from me. I'm OK. Then what tight end <laughs> would you want to see? I'm actually curious. Well, now, like, we talked about Tyler Eifert earlier. I don't want to say it because of Bengals fandom. <laughs> I actually would. I, I don't I put Tyler Eifert so, down on mine. Yeah, I, I know. And I know you put him down on yours. I didn't put him down on mine. But when you're talking about it, like, he's kind of like, yeah, Travis Kelsey's the easy one. But like I said, we've 
we've already seen him on a dating show, so like I would like to get some new energy in there. Why don't we get like Tyler Reifert? Not necessarily the best player. A lot of these players we have are stars. So like this is like a pretty good looking dude. Um, I have a guy that I play uh, fantasy football with, and he always talks about how in love with Tyler Eifert he is. Really? So yeah, he's <laughs> he's like he is like hard fallen for Tyler. So I think like he's just got like that kind of energy. I think he could do that. I think so too. And, uh, or, honestly, even though he's not the best player. Yeah, honestly, I would agree. If we're not gonna see Daddy Travi, I would probably want to see Tyler Eifert okay. because. If it's not Tyler Eifert, then maybe Robert Tanyan. But then again, I still want it. I would rather be more entertained watching Tyler Eifert. Plus, he doesn't get a lot of um, snaps on the field. So I think giving him some camera time. <laughs> that'll that'll yeah. definitely be nice for yeah, him. Be He'll nice appreciate for him, it. <laughs> All right. And then uh, I think we have linebackers. Did you want to talk about any linebackers? Any that stick out in your mind? Linebackers? Honestly, I didn't write any linebackers down. I have a lot of quarterbacks that I have. Okay, let's go over. We could probably add another quarterback to the roster because every quarterback needs his backup, especially if we're putting Jimmy G in there. We know he needs a backup. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> let's right. dive right into another one. Which are one you, are you Are you ready for this backup? Yeah. Jared Goff. Oh. Okay. Now hear me. Uh, I know you chose we... an actual backup. No, 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 no. Okay, I know we – okay, here's the thing. We hate the Rams. Yeah. Both of us do. I get that. Jared Goff. I feel like on The Bachelor or Bachelorette would just be so funny to watch just because I think he'd be so awkward. Like, Okay. I, I think can... he'd be mildly entertaining to watch. I honestly, it's either J- um, Jared Goff or Josh Allen. But then again, Josh Allen is better than Jimmy. So technically, Jimmy would be the backup. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Goff, I think that, that one's fun. Um, I mean, he's a fine-looking dude, but like, he's, he seems so timid. Like, that's the problem is, like, he doesn't seem like he's, like, exuding that confidence. And I get that Jimmy G is, like, kind of that guy that has all the confidence and stuff. But I feel like you kind of got to balance it off. I want to see some sort of, like, two quarterbacks going head-to-head with this All right, then how about Pat Mahomes? But Pat Mahomes is also just no swag. What are you – what? Come on, come on. Have you seen the Bose commercial with him, like, the – <laughs> dude, it's, dude, it's dude, atrocious. dude, have you seen the Head and Shoulders commercial with him and Paul Amalu? Like, he's kind of funny. Can yeah. we just get Paul Amalu in this one? I mean, <laughs> sure. That, that's when we get talked about safeties later. But right now, Pat, I think Pat Mahomes, <laughs> what do you mean, bro? He's so funny. Yeah, okay. We'll go Pat. We'll go Pat. Just so we can have one guy who's, like, all skill, I think a little less swag. But Jimmy G, all swag, a little less skill. There we go. I like that. I like that a lot. All Pat right. Mahomes and Jimmy G. All right. All right, now you mentioned safeties, right? Yeah, this will be the last one we do. All right, bet. Last one. I Okay, the only safety I have written down is Harrison Smith. So Yeah, I like Harrison Smith a lot. I think that he's probably the flashiest safety right now who's just a lot of fun, nice guy. Like, yeah. Harrison Smith, easy dubs. Yep, I have Harrison Smith. I also have um, Jesse Bates and Tyran Matthew. <laughs> but after, like, just – I mean, we got Tyler Eifert. I don't know if we want to um, put, like, another – or. I mean, he's on the Jaguars now, actually. Never mind. He's not on the Bengals. So yeah. we, could, we could do Jesse Bates if we wanted to. Tyran, yeah. I think Tyran would be entertaining to watch. Yeah. But then again. Harrison I, I, Smith, I think, is just a nice stand-up guy. And yeah. I don't think we have, like, that guy yet. So, okay. All right. Well, let's go over our roster, and then we'll head to a quick commercial break. We got Jimmy G and Pat Mahomes duking it out at the quarterbacks. We yes, got sir. Stephon Diggs for our wide receiver. We got Marcus Peters for our corner. Miles and Bosa. We got Miles Garrett and Nick Bosa for our defensive line. 
We got Saquon Barkley running back, Tyler Eifert for our tight end, and a good old Harrison Smith for our safety. So I, I don't know. I feel like that'd be a pretty funny show. Uh, which one do you think would win? Uh, definitely Jimmy. I, I, I would have to say Jimmy or Nick Bosa. Or Nick Bosa. I'm going miles on this one. No, I got, I'm, I got I, if, if that was a thing and we had um, someone on here, like, dang, how's Lainey doing? How's Lainey doing? I think she would pick Jimmy. Do you think Lainey uh, yeah, would pick Jimmy? Yeah, I think Lainey would probably pick yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, that's what I thought. See? <laughs> shout out to Lainey. I, I don't know if you'd actually pick Jimmy, but I know you'd pick Jimmy, so shout out to you if you're listening. All right. Well, uh, you can text in 509-963-2311. Do you think there's anyone that would be that you would like to see on like a season of The Bachelorette, any of these NFL players, or even players from different sports? And uh, out of our list, Jimmy G, Pat Mahomes, Stephon Diggs, Marcus Peters, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, Saquon Barkley, Tyler Eifert, and Harrison Smith. Which one would you pick? Uh, you can text in, like I said, 509-963-2311. Now, we're going to be taking a quick break here on the bench warmers, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about baseball with our very special guest. That's all coming up in a couple minutes here on 88 Won the Bird. We're back with your favorite bench warmers here on 88 Won the Bird, your music central. Welcome back to Benchwarmers here on 88 Won the Berg. My name's Cajal and joined here by KOD on the mic. What's good, everybody? All right. And uh, we have a very special guest. Uh, if you're watching on the video show, you can already see his lovely face. Uh, CWU alum, Munchie Meal enthusiast, and the current producer for Wake Up Montana, Austin <laughs> yes, Lane. Hey, clap it up. Clap what's it up. up. Hey. Let's go. What's up, Austin? <laughs> What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Of no course. problem. So we brought you on because uh, when it comes to baseball knowledge, I'm like, I, I'm all right. I know some of the top teams. Like, I uh, I can talk it. But uh, Cody, on the <laughs> other hand, well, good. he don't know all that much. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I know I know about as much as uh, like the a, average person, I would say. Yeah, like, honestly, I don't even know what ERA or CY Young means. So <laughs> CY Young? Yeah, oh, whatever. no. See, exactly. <laughs> See, perfect. Uh, this is why we have Austin here. To uh, help me understand all these things. Dude, I couldn't have planned for you to say that any better. That was, that was perfect. All right. Well, uh, so what we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff with um, talking about why if you aren't interested in baseball right now, or if you just never really had the time to get into it, uh, we're going to let you know probably why you should, why it's such a fun pastime, especially when we're about to hit a lull in some of the sports. Uh, if you're waiting on NFL news, that's pretty much going to be gone. Uh, basketball is going to be wrapping up at some point. So we're going to we're going to let you know on what uh, America's favorite pastime or at least what it used to be, uh, why you should be checking it out. And then a little bit later on for if you are more involved in baseball, we'll be talking about uh, this upcoming season. So, yes, Cody, why don't you kick us off? I know you had a couple questions for Austin that like an, I would say a normal person, but like that the average person <laughs> might. Have. Of course. So my first question for you, Austin, is so. For those who find baseball, like, quote-unquote, boring, like, boring to watch or just not fun, like, what should we be looking for when watching? Like, obviously, besides, like, the basic stuff like dingers and, like, stealing bases and good defense, like, what really makes baseball fun to watch for you? Yeah, I mean, I get where people are coming from with that. It's it's a slow-moving game in a fast-moving world right now. There's a reason TikToks are only 60 seconds because that's the attention span a lot of us have nowadays. And... You know, a sport like baseball different from football, basketball, where every play matters. You know, not every pitch matters in, in baseball. You're not going to see a highlight every 30 seconds like you are in basketball. But the thing that I would say to watch for nowadays is, like I said, that fast moving, you know, we're in a digital age where 
you can consume all this stuff on social media. And the thing with baseball is they're starting to let players kind of be free and do what they want to do uh, on the field after the game in their own free time. You see them more and more on social media, engaging with fans, interacting with fans. And I think that that was a, a thing for baseball for a long time that they didn't let their players kind of be the star of the show. They just had a lot of control over what the teams could and couldn't do and what the players could and couldn't do. But now that they're letting the players kind of be themselves and be out there, I think that's pulling in a lot of younger fans. And moving forward, they got to just keep doing that. And that's something to watch out for if you're, you know, thinking about mm, maybe do I want to watch baseball, do I not? I would say, you know, go find your favorite players. Go find them on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and just follow them and be engaging with them that way. I mean, you reach out to a couple of these, of these guys who aren't even in the majors yet, they'll get back to you on Twitter because they're just trying to grow their following too. So that's wow. the thing I like to do with uh, you know those young, eccentric players that we're seeing coming up through the minor league systems. If you just interact with them, they'll interact right back, and that's something you don't see in a lot of sports uh, yeah, nowadays. I think, uh, I think I remember you got a like from Taylor uh, Trammell, who's one of the yeah. minor's upcoming rookies, and you were so hype about that. Like, that was <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's really cool. I actually I mean, didn't know that. That's yeah, and that's that's something you don't really see in football or basketball or hockey or anything like that. That's something that you really only see in baseball. So that's a big a big draw for a lot of young fans, I think, right now. Okay, that's really cool. Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. I definitely will have to try and get into that because I think that, like you said, um, if if fans can interact with players more, th- and like you said with like on Twitter and stuff, I think that would actually help people want to follow baseball because obviously they know the players they can follow them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah it's it's easier in my opinion for baseball to follow a pl- follow players and follow a team i don't know it, i i guess but kjo do you have any questions for austin or do you want me to get into my second question oh uh, you can yeah you can keep going with some of these because we're going to be going on a little bit about like the mariners and stuff specifically so you go you go right on ahead oh sweet okay my second question for austin obviously see earlier i already said it wrong probably that's why kjo was laughing but could you, in the most basic way possible, explain, like, positions, awards, and, like, the ERA and, like, the <laughs> point two, like, all that stuff. Just explain it, and it would really help me, and I'm sure it'd help a lot of people out, so. <laughs> Just give you kind of, like, a brief rundown of everything that goes into baseball that you don't see in, in uh, other sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, I mean, baseball is a very, like, I like to think of it as a newspaper kind of a sport. And whereas like football and basketball are kind of like TV radio type things, baseball is like a newspaper where like it's very traditional, it's very old school. You get up and, you know, there's not obviously a game on while you're drinking your coffee in the morning. It's usually at 7 o'clock local time here in Washington. But, I mean, it's just something to do while you're doing something else. Whereas if you miss a play in football, you're going to miss something big. If you miss a play in basketball, you're going to miss something big. If you miss a play in baseball, you have plenty of time to run back to your TV and see it again. It's just a slow-moving game. But uh, like you said, the, the question was like, explain like basically dumb down MLB to like a sports fan's mind and like try and get into a sports fan's mind, right? Like mm-hmm. there's so many things that like ERA, like you say, like to me, I think of ERA, I think of like, What's this guy's ERA? Is it good? Is it bad? I think most people see ERA and they kind of get scared at first, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to know what all these little stats are. I just want to watch the game. And I think that's fine if you just want to watch the game. And if you want to get into things like ERA, like, you know, on-base percentage, things like that, you totally can. But 
it's up to each person individually. I wouldn't say like you have to know those things before watching a game or before trying to enjoy baseball. But if you really want to do immerse yourself in the sport, then then definitely get into it. But um, the first part of your question again was about what was awards. it before you said? Oh yeah, awards, awards and like, like positions awards and stuff. stuff. Awards and positions, like basically like. Obviously, positions, I know, like, I mean, first baseman, second base, third base, and catcher, pitcher, mm -hmm. um, shortstop, like, all those things. Um, and, obviously, outfielders. I mean, positions, I kind of get. I'm more confused on, like, awards and stuff. Like, why is there an AL MVP and an NL MVP? Like, yeah, I think because the leagues are just so different in, like, how they play. Um, outside of 2020, because, obviously, the special rule changes that they made for that year. Uh, in the AL, you have the designated hitter, which is a batter that doesn't play in the field during the game, whereas in the NL, you don't have that. You have a pitcher who has to bat, and they usually bat in the ninth spot because they're the worst batter on the team at any given moment. And so there's that, and just that is a big driving factor. It's probably it's, – it's definitely the number one driving factor of, like, why each league is different specifically, and I think that's why you see an award in the AL and in the NL, plus the fact – that there's just so many players in the MLB, mm -hmm. uh, and they're just spread across so many different like uh, minor leagues, major leagues, everything like that. That you kind of have to divide it into two for all these awards, really. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, yeah. thank you, thank you. So, and then my last and final question for you, Austin, before we start talking about you know baseball that people will understand uh, <laughs> or. <laughs> um, do you think a big reason why a lot of the younger generation don't watch and enjoy baseball is because the Mariners are bad? <laughs> like, if the Mariners were a good team for a lot of our, like, childhood, and, like, for me, like, for my childhood, do you think we'd be more into baseball? Do you think that has to go into it? You're asking specifically, like, local people here in Washington State. And yeah, just, like, Pacific Washington Northwest. in general. Oh, I think absolutely. I mean, when you're growing up in New York, you're, you have Yankees or Mets ingrained into you like from the time you are a child like you're growing up in a house that watches the yankees that watches the mets every day and you don't really have any other option you're forced to like baseball whereas here in the pacific northwest the mariners have been so disappointing for so long that you know it's been so long that the generation that my dad and mom grew up watching has passed along to my generation of Ever since they were my age, the Mariners have been bad by this point. So you don't really see them, like, obviously my dad, like, made me watch baseball growing up. But I don't think it's common for, you know, people who are 40 to 50 years old right now making their, you know, high school, college-aged children watch baseball here in the Pacific Northwest because it hasn't been good for so long. Yeah. So I, I definitely think that's a big, big thing going on right now. You know, yeah, and I would definitely have to agree with that because the reason I asked Taz because I was actually talking to my roommates yesterday, and I was telling them like, "Hey, you guys gonna obviously tune in today?" And they were like, "Oh, well, yeah, maybe." What do you guys? What are you talking about? And I was like, "Baseball," and they just laughed in my face, and I was like, <laughs> "Okay, cool." <laughs> and he yeah. actually came up with that question. He was like, I, I, "He didn't come up with it, but he told me he was like, I feel like more people would be into baseball if the Mariners were good." So I was like, "Oh." Hey. It's the same reason, like, you, 12 since 12 exists, I think, uh, with football. Like, the Seahawks were a franchise that was struggling. They had their highs. They had their lows. And talk about a team with highs and lows. Mariners have definitely had some extreme highs and some very extreme lows. Oh, yeah. But ultimately, it's not enough to keep a, keep a fan base in. And yeah. now you see a lot of Seahawks fans 
uh, after all of a sudden they start getting this big wave of success. And now every Friday it's Blue Friday and people are wearing jerseys. People are wearing whatever. And, like, um, I think that it's just natural. When your team is doing well, you want to root for them. But when your team's doing poorly, I think it's – I think it's a little bit of like falling off and you lose that loyalty, but also it encourages management and ownership to like make the changes that they need. And I think that that's a big factor. And that's, that's actually a question I had for you. Do you think the like smaller amount of fandom in Washington, um, when it comes to some of the Mariners games and stuff, do you think that that has pushed ownership to like try to be better? Or do you think that it's had like a negative effect on the team overall? I I mean, I think, the team right now where they stand, they know that they haven't even had a wave of success. They haven't had like a two to three year yeah. period of success in 20 years. So I think that they just, they knew that they've lost a majority of the fan base and they're they're doing whatever it takes to get it back. And the decision to start this rebuild a couple of years ago, get rid of guys like Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz, let Felix Hernandez's contract run out and then not give him another chance to come back. That is them saying, we know that the little bit of fans we have left, you know, we, we're not trying to retain those. We're trying to create a new team, a new identity, and create a new generation of fans. And I think they, they made the right decision ultimately because we're starting to see with how good this rebuild is going. Hopefully over the next five to ten years, we'll see a new generation of Mariners fans that really love the Mariners, enjoy watching baseball, and maybe, you know, we'll create – a new sort of identity here in the Pacific Northwest. Maybe Seattle can be a baseball town like it was back in 2001. Yeah, and I I like what you said there, and it kind of leads me into, like, the next, like, little segment is we need to, like, obviously creating the new generation of Mariners fans. Why should the people listening or why should anybody in Washington care about this Mariners team now? What is going on around them right now that is causing them to, like, start drumming up hype or whatever you might want to call yeah. it? Yeah, and it's it's obviously tough for a fan, you know, who hasn't watched for a while because of just how bad they've been. And you see them two years ago under 500, last year barely under 500. And to a normal fan that doesn't know how good the minor league the, the minor league teams look right now, it's easy to just say, why 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 would I watch even now? I mean, they're still doing bad. But I would say to those people. Give these guys a chance, especially starting this year. I think this year is going to be a big turning point for this team. They probably aren't going to finish above 500. If they do, it'll be you know right around 500. And that's to some fans. Even then, that's like okay, well, I'm not going to watch them until you know they're like a guaranteed playoff team. But if you enjoy being a fan of a team when they're successful, I think being a fan of them through their failures makes that even sweeter in yeah, my mind because I agree. that's how it was with the Seahawks. And <clears throat> I got mad at people who started being fans of the Seahawks, you know, in 2013 and 2014 because there was me and a lot of people like like me who were fans of them through the 4-12 and 12 season, through the 7-9 and 9 2011 season. And, you know, it's like we were here through thick and thin for these guys. You mm-hmm. guys are just now coming in because they've made back-to-back Super Bowls mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. because they've won one of them. And so I would say if you want to be proud, a proud Mariners fan, get in now before it's too late and we're, you know, dominating the league in the, five, in the next five years because I think they have a chance to do that. I, that's a pretty bold statement, dominating the league. Like, let's go over a little bit with some of the younger players, younger guys. Like, what 
or what should Mariners fans be looking at? Like, who should they be looking at uh, coming up? Uh, the outfield. Yeah. Most <laughs> definitely the outfield. Yeah. Uh, that's the first thing I think of any time anyone asks me that. Um, we had Rookie of the Year, Kyle Lewis. We have two of the top prospects in the whole league, Jared Kalenic and Julio Rodriguez. We have Taylor Trammell, who they just announced will be on the opening day roster here in 2021 that not a lot of people expected, but coming over in that trade with the Padres last year, which I hope we talk about that trade because that trade was broken. Yeah, um, Austin but, Taylor, <laughs> but Taylor Trammell coming up, he's also in the outfield. We have Mitch Haniger coming back. We have a logjam in the outfield. That's actually going to end up with us probably trading one of them uh, in the near future. I think they might trade Mitch Haniger at the deadline this year if he is doing good, mm -hmm. just because of all this talent they've stockpiled in the outfield. So if you're getting into you know, watching the Mariners, and I hope you do, listeners at home, please give them a chance and pay attention to the outfielders in the next two to three years because the Mariners have something that no team that I remember in the near you know, past has had, which is Kyle Lewis getting Rookie of the Year. We have Jared Kalenic, who is, I believe, in the top three for odds of getting Rookie of the Year in the AL this year. Yeah. And then we'll have Julio Rodriguez the year after that will probably be somewhere top three, top five odds for getting Rookie of the Year. Could you imagine three Rookies of the Year <laughs> in a row from the Seattle Mariners in specifically the outfield group? That yeah. would be insane. And just the fact that, you know, even if Kalenic and Rodriguez don't win it, just the fact that they're up there in the conversation already is is so cool to watch. Sounds like a bright future to me. I don't know. Clinic's <laughs> uh Kalenic's number two right now. I think he's right behind a Rosarena, uh, which mm -hmm. you know that makes sense because after what a Rosarena did in the in the playoffs and everything last year, Crazy. it makes yeah. sense that he's going to be number one. It would be disrespectful if they didn't. But that's just how much hype Kalenic has. Is like he's not very far behind when it comes to the odds. So um, mm -hmm. definitely a lot of excitement with the young players that are coming in. Um, but who is one specific player that this season, if like, so let's say Cody, Cody brought up a good point. Sometimes it's easier to root for a player than it is to root for the team at first. Mm -hmm. So if you're rooting for someone on the Mariners, who's that one player that you're watching really closely? I think this year it is Taylor Trammell, just because we just recently got that news that he's making the opening day roster. This is a guy who is expected to start in AAA, make his way up to the roster sometime middle of the season. But the kid came out and had an amazing spring training. And now he's here on opening day. And he might even be starting in center field with this Kyle Lewis injury bug that's kind of hanging around him. Yeah. So I think Taylor Trammell is going to be a fun guy to watch. I've watched a little bit of him in spring training, and he looks great. He has a great glove in, in the outfield. He's got a good arm. He can hit for contact. He has good speed. Not quite a lot of power. But that's okay with our lineup because you got you have guys like Kyle Lewis, Kyle Seager still around, those guys that can hit home runs. So I would expect Taylor Trammell by the end of this season to probably be either the number two guy in the starting lineup or somewhere in the six or seven range, depending on how he bats. But even then, on the defensive end of things, I think this is a kid who can be in that next wave of outfielders, yeah. uh, even though we do have a backlog. I mean, he's proving it right now that he can be, so... Yeah, and I think uh, I'm going to throw one out there just uh, just for if you're watching, like, occasionally. Um, one of the things in baseball is the pitching rotation. Pitching rotation's huge. Uh, Mariners have a six-man rotation this year, I think. Are they still rolling with that? 
Yes, they are. So um, if you're picking certain days, like there were days when you could just watch King Felix just step up to the mound, and you're just watching his performances and stuff. And I think if you're going to be doing that, like if you're tuning in and out, I think one of the people to watch is Justin Dunn. See where he's going to be on the rotation and pick up some of those days because when it comes to the Mariners, one thing I've noticed is historically a lot of their problems have been pitching. They've had great pitchers where you have Randy Johnson, probably one of the greater ones to ever do it. And then you have King Felix, who was definitely one of the greatest in Seattle. But now we're kind of without that. We don't really have a pitching identity. Um, And I think that you have a guy like Marco Gonzalez, who did pretty well last year. I think he was under a three ERA or something like that. Um, or just above it. He was hanging around there. What does that mean? Could you elaborate? Yeah. So he's under a three. So what does that mean? So, uh, ERA stands for earned run average, um, earned run, earned runs on average. So if you're looking at a, what it is, it's basically you take the amount of runs that were um, that were earned on the pitcher, and from there uh, you divide it by the amount of innings that they are, um, and is it per nine how many they're expected to give up, Austin? Yeah. 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 So every so every nine innings you can expect them to give up this many runs. Okay. So and so okay. having a three ERA that's pretty good. Um, Okay. Like so, the lower the like, better, right? Yeah. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. Here? Like okay. I think the best last year, and uh, I forgot who it was, but someone was like a 1.7 uh, for was it Cleveland? Um, someone like that, but someone had like a 1.7, which is ridiculous. Like very, very, very good ERA. But like Marco's doing a three, like that one's fine. Um, and Dunn, like when you looked at him last year, uh, back on him, like. Ultimately, his first few games, he was really, really rough. <laughs> he was really rough. Like, I think uh, he allowed, like, six runs in nine games, and one of those he only pitched, like, or nine, what was it, nine runs in, like, six games, something like that. Something super bad. And then in his last six games, uh, with 30.2 innings pitched, he allowed um, a small amount of runs that basically put him at a 2.68 ERA, which is pretty nice. So he turned it on a little bit at the end of the season. Basically, if you don't know what it means, he struggled at the beginning. He turned it on at the end. And I think that he's going to potentially be the guy that with guys like George Kirby, with guys like Emerson Hancock, with guys like Logan Gilbert coming up, uh, that they might decide to build um, their pitching rotation around, and he might become the identity for this team. So uh, here's to hoping. That's a lot of wishful thinking, honestly. But I think Justin Dunn will definitely be a fun player to watch if you are looking to just catch a couple games uh, from the Mariners this season. But – Moving on to our next one, uh, let's talk about some of the biggest obstacles for the Mariners' potential success uh, with the future. I, obviously, it looks like the future's bright, um, but Austin, what do you think is going to be the biggest thing standing in their way? I think the biggest thing that can stand in their way right now is player development. We have stockpiled all this young talent that just needs to develop in the minor leagues. So if that falls short, You'll, you'll start to see these guys come up to the major leagues and not be that good. That is going to be a directly from how good the player development was in Tacoma with the Rainiers, in double-A and single-A, places like those. And th- I say that's the biggest obstacle now, but we're already starting to kind of see that it hasn't been because a guy like Kyle Lewis, who tears his ACL twice, is now up in the major leagues and wins Rookie of the Year. Something changed when Jerry DePoto took over for this team in yeah. player development because how can a guy like that still come up and be that good? Because some something along the player development line is happening 
is good right now. Like yeah. the player development is good, and so I just hope that that can continue. That would be their biggest obstacle in the way is that is if that starts to get worse. And then the other thing I think that could get in their way a little bit is trade deadline moves. We've seen Jerry Depoto's ability to make good trades as a rebuilding team. Now the question is, will he be able to make good trades as a team that's not rebuilding? Will he make the right decisions on trading away young talent for veterans when it comes time to make a push for the playoffs? Will he be able to one you know, on the other side of the Padres trade from last year, will he be the one giving up guy, a guy like Taylor Trammell in the future for Austin Nola? Like, great move for the Padres. Don't get me wrong. Austin Nola was one of the best catchers in the league last year. But Padres didn't make the World Series, didn't win the yeah. World Series. So now the Padres are sitting here wishing they had Taylor Trammell uh, back. And mm-hmm. I just hope that DePoto can make the right moves at the trade deadline. I think those two are the biggest kind of things that can stand in the Mariners' way here in the next couple of years. So for a lot of people um, who don't know about DePoto, like you wanted to talk a little bit about that trade uh, especially, mm-hmm. but what makes – because I think DePoto's a pretty special manager, at least when you look at how he's handled this rebuild. And then, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of become a meme whenever he makes a trade with a team where it's like, you just got DePoto'd. Like, yeah. it's just – he's he seems like he fleeces everyone. But, like, what is so yeah. special about – Depoto. Um, I think it's because he took a lot of what he does from uh, Theo Epstein, who was the general manager of the Cubs, that got the Cubs, you know, their first World Series win in what was it, 116 years, something like that. Yeah. He, I think he copied a lot of what Theo Epstein did with the Cubs, and he brought it over to the Mariners. Depoto was the general manager for the Angels, I believe, and it wasn't going that well. The Mariners gave him a chance. He must have said in the interview, you know, I'm just going to copy Theo Epstein, and if I can do it right, I'll do what the Cubs did and win a World Series with you guys. So uh, the fact that we gave him a chance, uh, you know, you got to give a guy a chance. you got to go with someone for general manager spot. But what he's done so far has been, like you said, really impressive. Now it just comes down to can they connect these last few dots to get them back into the playoffs and maybe make a run for a World Series here in the next three to five years. Yeah, well, here's to hoping. But uh, we're going to take a quick break here on the bench warmers, uh, play our legal, do all that good stuff. And then when we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit about the broader scope of the MLB, what you can expect for the season coming up. If you're not already a Mariners fan, uh, a lot of stuff we're going to be discussing. So uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes here on the bench warmers. We'll see you in a minute. With your favorite bench warmers. Your favorite bench warmers here on 881 The Bird, your music central. Yo, 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 what is going on, everyone? It's your boy Cody here with KJ Lang. What's up? Welcome back to the bench warmers here on 881 The Bird. Now, we are still talking about my favorite sport of all time. Can you guess? Major League Baseball, still <laughs> baseball talk. Uh, KJ, let's just get straight into it, man. What are we talking about next? Uh, we're going to be talking about what team who made the playoffs last year is going to miss it this year. And uh, special guest Austin Lane, why don't you kick us off for that one? Okay, guys, I got the Oakland Athletics missing the playoffs this year. Oh, last year, the two-seed coming out of the AL, winning the AL West. They lose a couple players in the offseason. And here's the, here's the team that's really going to take their spot. I think the Astros will still make the playoffs this year, but the team – 
that's going to be back in the playoffs, and we all know this is going to be fun to watch because he really deserves to be there. That's fine. Los Angeles Angels, Mike Trout will yes. be back in the playoffs this year. <laughs> yes, I know Mike I Trout think, is. Rude <laughs> I, think, oh, baby. I think the Athletics fall from winning the division down to fourth in the division this year. I think even the Mariners wow. finish above them. Wow. So, I have them falling off really hard. We know with the Athletics payroll that it really is a toss-up for how good they are every year. It's just how good are their young guys each year, and they always change because they're losing them every year because of contracts and stuff. But I don't know. I just see the Athletics as a team that had it all last year and will not have a lot this year. So Yeah, I mean, uh, you said the same one I was going to. I think the Athletics are probably the most likely. They lost relief pitcher Liam Hendricks, or Hendricks and uh, they lost him to the White Sox and then shortstop Marcus Simeon. And ultimately, like you look at this team, they've gone 600 or at least dangerously close to 600 for three years in a row. Like that has been the mm-hmm. model of consistency. And now you lose a few like major players for your team and you got to wonder, like, are they going to be able to get it done? And I think that all the other teams, uh, like you look at the Mariners, the Angels, um, I don't really think the Rangers are doing too much. But like all the weren't the Rangers like trying to build like they went like win now last year and they just weren't winning. The Rangers are a rebuilding team that I don't think they know they're rebuilding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like the Detroit Tigers, and uh, yeah, they're they're definitely in the the very bottom echelon right now. Okay, of the so, league, so so yeah, like you look at all the other competition in the division, and I think ultimately it is going to be very hard for them to be able to go back and win it. You know, especially when mm-hmm. you get knocked out by the Astros in the playoffs. And like I said, Angels and Mariners are getting better. Cody, do you want to throw yeah. one out there, or do you want us to move on to the next one? Throw one, like who I think is going to miss the playoffs? Yeah. Okay, well, I had to look up who actually <laughs> made the playoffs. <laughs> so I'm just going to throw it out there right now. I they think oh just, just, I don't know who's on their team. I don't know anything about them, but I think the Chicago Cubs will miss the playoffs. That's actually not that bad of one, honestly. Why, Why are you asking? Because here's the thing. So I know this kid. Um, he's not really my friend. He's more of an acquaintance. But he is a huge Cubs fan. The dude does not stop talking about the Chicago Cubs. I follow him on Twitter. Mm-hmm. All he does is talk about the Cubs, their players, everything, their coach, everything. So I'm like, dude, I need you to uh, stop talking about the Cubs because I find it annoying. So you know what? I'm throwing that. I hope the Cubs don't make the playoffs because I think it would be funny to see him rage. Uh, I, think that they, <laughs> I think that they're liable to lose the division, but I don't know if necessarily they're going to miss the playoffs. What do you think on that take, Austin? Um, the Cubbies, I don't know. I haven't looked too much into their offseason so far. Mm-hmm. I have them making the playoffs next year. Um, the NL Central is, at least in the last four years, hasn't been the best division. So that one's always up for grabs. But yeah. we did see three teams come out of that division for the playoffs last year. And I don't know. The Cubs could miss the playoffs because of all the the, uh, the – that division's so weird. They're so averagely good. Like, mm-hmm. none of the teams in that division are terrible, and none of them are 100-win teams. Like, they're all going to be somewhere around, like, 85 to 95 wins, I think. So it really is probably just up to, like, if any of their stars get hurt, if any of their, you know, chemistry falls apart, anything like that. So, But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Cubs this year. All right, and then let's move on to the next one. So we were talking about selective viewing. If you are viewing baseball, like, every now and then, uh, what's the rivalry that you're going to be looking forward to and you're going to make sure you're marking on your calendar? I have a feeling we might so have the I, same one here. but I actually 
We probably don't have the same one because really? I'm going to make a, a call here and predict a rivalry that will start this year that hasn't ooh, really ooh. been that big of a rivalry in okay. the past couple of years. I'm thinking that the new rivalry to watch out for this year is going to be the New York Mets and Atlanta Braves out in the NL East. Ooh. Those are two teams with a lot of young talent and a lot of – they've been through some rebuilding. They finally got guys up in the major leagues. They're talkative. They're cocky. They, they know that they're good ball teams now. And those two in the same division, the time of the Washington Nationals is over. The time of the Philadelphia Phillies is over. That division is owned by the Mets and the Braves right now. And those teams are going to be going back and forth for the division lead all year long. Who knows? We might see some brawls. We might see some fights. <laughs> I think that's a big rivalry to watch out for. Is Noah Syndergaard playing again? Is he still playing for the Mets? Last I checked. I believe. I believe so. He might have gone to a different team, but I think he is still on the Mets. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's or, like the ooh. only person. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's he should still be on the Mets. We're good. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Like, if I, if if Austin's trying to predict the rivalry, I might actually tune in to watch some of like if they play, and I want to like know players who are playing for them. So. Well. Well, here's a here's a rivalry that you're definitely gonna have to tune in for because it's got one of your favorite players in it. Oh, it's uh, a, oh yeah. I'm going Dodgers Padres. I think it's kind of like the low hanging fruit, honestly. But when you look at those teams, I'm trying to think like name two teams in the league right now after watching like all the playoffs and what happened last season that are more fun to watch in general. Not when they're playing against each other, just in general, who are more fun to watch mm-hmm. because now. We're going to get them, I think I wrote it down, 19 times before playoffs even start. And so those 19 games, I'm going to be putting down on my calendar. And I think a lot of people should, too, because uh, those are going to be very, very big games. Ultimately, you have, like, the Padres, who are like kind of like the young, up-and-coming team. Uh, they, they have a lot of promise, a lot of promise. But when it came down to slaying the Giant and going against the Dodgers in the playoffs, they got thwomped 3-0. <laughs> They did not. They did not have a chance in the NLDS. So ultimately, like this isn't going to be some sort of like bench clearing brawl level rivalry. I don't think. Um, but I do think that it, you're going to want to look at it. And um, if you're being selective about the games you watch, this might be the one you want to tune into. All right. So now we'll move on to our next one. Uh, so last year, we we were talking about this a little bit off the show. Um, the Dodgers were kind of the MLB's darling team, and at least from what I saw, is like you have a lot of – which basically if you're the darling team, it's a team that hasn't really had the success uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. And and it was a while for the um, for the Dodgers. They went to the um, they went to the World Series and they lost. And uh, this last year is the year that they came back and they actually did it. So uh, looking at the Darling team, a team that might have a nice core group, a team that might have a nice player that everyone's rooting for, who do you think is going to be uh, your Darling team when you're looking at this season? I think it's going to be the San Francisco Giants. Uh, This is a team that won the World Series in 2010, 2012, and 2014, but ever since 2014 they have not been that fun to watch. They've only made the playoffs once after that. And over the last four years, they have steadily gotten better, but it's been a very slow and long, drawn-out rebuild for them. I think they've only improved by, like, five wins every year. And they still, last year, even missed the playoffs. On the final day, they lost. And if they would have won, they would have made the playoffs. So 
a heartbreaking way to miss the playoffs last year. So I think if you're going to have a darling team, why not why not pick the Giants? You know, a team that had a lot of success in the 2010s. Let's see if they can bring it back for the 2020s. And that's going to be outside of the Mariners, obviously, my team to to root for as like my darling team here in the 2021 season. All right, and for me, I'm. I kind of grew up, I grew up with a friend who was a huge Mets fan, huge Mets fan. So they've kind of always been around. I saw like David Wright back in the day, like when they were kind of just not that great of a team. Um, but this is the team from New York that hasn't seen a ton of franchise success. Meanwhile, you have the Yankees who were like probably one of the most hated teams in the MLB. Uh, just really? all the, Yeah, they're like, why? because they're basically, if you took the Patriots and extended the Patriots gotcha. over a long amount of time. So they win a lot. They, they go to the games a lot. They go to World Series a lot, and then they win a lot. Okay. So they, they got Derek Jeter to thanks for that. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're the team that always <laughs> seems to have everybody, whereas the Mets, like even if they have players, a lot of times they aren't able to get it done. Now, they appeared in a World Series in 2015, but they lost to the Royals 4-1. to one. wasn't exactly like the most extravagant bout, but they also haven't won a World Series since 1986, so that's where the success for me kind of comes in. And over the past 14 seasons, they've made the playoffs twice, and one of those appearances was a wild card loss against the Giants. Like you were talking, and you were talking about the Giants, like they they haven't really done much in terms of like franchise success. And now you look at their roster; they've got guys like Pete Alonso, who like everyone was stoked about, um, just an an amazing rookie or good player. You have the two-time Cy Young Award winner, Jacob deGrom. And that's just to name a couple. Like, they have a lot of guys who are, I would say, are probably, like, top ten at their position. Um, and then they had a, they just had this off-season trade for Francisco Lindor, who's a four-time All-Star, two-time Golden Glove. And then they had a Carlos Carrasco, who's coming off his best season with an ERA of 2.9. So I think they've got a lot of ability. I think they've got a lot of juice, but... Ultimately, uh, I'm hoping that they're able to get it done a little bit better and maybe show uh, show the Yankees that they're not the only team in New York that can succeed. So, Oh, so yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a fan of sports and you're not really a fan of baseball, but you want to get into it and you don't just want to root for the home team, the Seattle Mariners, you just want to pick a team and roll with it. I mean, I think this goes for any sports. Pick a team that is the secondary team in a city. I hate yeah. that cities can have two teams because there's always one that's in the spotlight and there's one that's shadowed you know clippers are not la's team the angels are not la's team the mets are not new york's team if you're a fan and you just want to pick a team and roll with it pick the team that doesn't even get a lot of love inside of their own city (laughs) you know try and get some get try and get them some love even from outside of new york because they don't even give get that much in new york so Uh, yeah, I, I think the Mets would be a fun team to root for if I wasn't already a fan of the Mariners, yeah. for sure. What also, you... I just want to say something completely off topic before we get back into baseball. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Matt Wemos, uh, dude, get a life, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's watching right now, so I just had to give him a quick All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> so anyways, Good to yeah, see you, Matt. You... <laughs> all right, and did you have a, did you have a team that uh, you will be watching, uh, Cody, or like a team that you're kind of interested in? Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's uh, the San Diego Padres. Yeah. Now, hear me out, okay? <laughs> for those of you who don't watch baseball, why are you calling, bro? Anyways, for those of you who don't watch baseball, um, you will have a fun time watching Fernando Tatis. Now, I watched some of his highlights, and just the way he plays, I just think he's so fun to watch. And mm-hmm. Manny Machado, too, is his teammate. I, I, I saw a, a thing. I think someone called them, like, Batman and Robin or something like that. 
So I don't know if they're that good, but they both seem like really cool dudes, fun guys to watch. So, yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to be watching the Padres a lot more than I've ever had in my entire life. They are. So... (laughs) They're the Batman and Robin of San Diego, maybe even California here. So. Yeah, <laughs> okay. they're they're ridiculous, and I'm I'm kind of rooting for them in the sense of like, you saw them kind of sell the farm last year, and the Mariners have to be somewhat thankful for for mm-hmm. them giving a uh, Taylor Trammell. So I think ultimately, while the Mariners aren't really in, like capitalizing on any sort of playoff window, when it comes to playoffs, Padres are my boys. <laughs> I do really, really, really enjoy them. So I think that's definitely a good pick. That's definitely a good one. All right. Yeah, if now, you would have told me like five years ago that we would have been talking about the Padres this much on a sports show, I would not have believed. I you. know. I feel like the most because I ever heard were... the most I ever heard about the Padres when I was younger was on Drake and Josh when they have that foam finger fighting episode. Oh, that's fact. <laughs> legitimately, that is facts. legitimately, the Padres were always the team. Like I used to, shamelessly, like I used to like the Astros back in the day. And that was because, and that was just because the Astros were bad. They were not good. And then like they they got a little bit better. But like the Padres were kind of that same thing. And I'm super stoked that like now all of a sudden they found this wild franchise success and stuff, and they're mm-hmm. able to like sell the farm to be able to get some pieces to win now because they are a very very fun team. And I think that if you aren't going to be a Mariners fan, if you don't want to follow the flow, if you don't want to support the hometown team, they're definitely also a good one to jump onto. Yeah, the Padres to me were always just the team that shared the same city with the Mariners down in Arizona for spring training. That's literally <laughs> all they were. Like, you go down to Peoria, Arizona to watch some Mariners spring training games, and the Padres were kind of just there. Even though the Mariners were terrible, the Padres were even worse most of the time than the <laughs> yeah. Mariners over the last 20 years. So, And then you, you sign a guy like Tatis to a 14-year contract. Could you imagine being a, a fan of your team and – you know you have this young star and you lock him up for that long. Oh, that has yeah. to be the best feeling it's in the world. It's probably awesome. Fans. Yeah. It's probably awesome. Well, now we get to, assuming they live out their full contracts, which would be crazy, but now mm-hmm. we get Mookie versus Tatis for, like, the next 10 years, like, for a century. So that I ain't complaining with that one. But, all right, so talking about some of those all-stars and stuff, let's dive right into our MVP conversation. These are obviously way too early. We haven't seen anything from these players yet other than what they've done in spring training, and even that hasn't been a ton. But let's go over what some of our MVP predictions are. Uh, NL, Austin, we got the National League. National League, like I said, the rivalry to watch out for, Mets, Braves. I've got my MVP coming out of one of those teams, Ronald Acuna Jr. on the Atlanta Braves. been one. following this kid since he was a rookie in 2018, and he has done nothing but shoot for the moon every year. He's gotten way better, and now he is in the top five of the MLB, in my opinion, and this is the year that he wins MVP. I think he barely gets it over Mookie Betts. I like that. That's a good one. I like the good one. Yeah. All right. Good. Cody, did you have one you wanted to throw out there? I do. Uh, I don't know if he's going to win it, but it, this shouldn't really surprise anyone. NL MVP Tatis. I'm just going to throw him out there, you know. He, he might win it. He's a good player. So, uh, yeah, I'm de- I'm definitely going to be watching him this this uh, <laughs> this this uh, year for sure. I'm going to watch Padres. I might watch the Dodgers. The thing about the Dodgers, I don't like the Dodgers. I don't like Clayton Kershaw at all. Like, I think he looks weird. I just don't like the way he plays. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like anything about Clayton Kershaw, Kershaw. honestly. Is it Kershaw? Did I, did I say his name wrong? No, Kershaw's great. Okay. <laughs> I, um, you're doing it great. But. Um, also, I mean, if it's not Tatis, then I'll, I'll root for uh, Cody Bellinger because I like his name, obviously. Um, and, yeah, those guys. <laughs> 
All right, all and then I have uh, I have Juan Soto. I know that that one might actually be – I think he might be favorited to win, which is weird, but I ov- obviously I would see why. Like, he's consistently gotten better every single season. And last season he had a 3.51 batting average and uh, was on pace for 44 home runs if he had kept up that pace uh, throughout the entire season, which, you know, is a lot to ask, but – he seems like the kind of guy who right now would be able to do it. He's got such swagger. He draws in so much attention, and I think definitely Juan Soto uh, would be my pick uh, if I were if I were to bet for uh, National League. Now, can I just say oh, with yeah. your pick, that is another reason for fans thinking about getting into the game or not to get into the game because all three of our picks, you know, I said Acuna, you said Soto, both rookies in 2018. Cody says. Tatis, a rookie in 2019, all three of those guys are under 25 years old. So if you want to watch baseball and follow along with these guys' careers, they're going to be here for a while. So now is yeah. the time to get into it, for sure. Who does Juan Soto play for? Nats. Nationals. Nationals. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, I actually didn't know that. I had no idea. Yeah, looking at players like like we talked about last week, the Soto shuffle, like that's just enough of a reason to stick around and watch a Nats game just in general anytime <laughs> he's up to bat. All right, now let's go to the American League. Um, Austin, you can kick this one off. I hate to say it because I hate playing against him, but Mike Trout is my AL MVP pick. I think he leads the Angels back into the playoffs, either the wild card or maybe winning the division this year. We'll see how it goes. But I just think the guy's due for an MVP yet again. So he's the greatest player of all time already, in my opinion. So And I think he gets an MVP just to add to the long, long list of accolades that he's already gotten. I really feel like to make up for all the World Series like non-appearances that he is unfortunately probably going to have on the angels like getting those mvps and stuff is so important to like really showing how great he was or how great he is like he's still playing at a high level i think he started off slower last year in a 60 game season and he still racked up like ridiculous numbers by the end like he Uh was putting up with some of the best of them so um i i really do like that pick uh i think the one guy that could be mike trout if he was uh if he was healthy um but that's a lot that's a big ask both for him to be mike trout and for him to be healthy is aaron judge i i think that when you look at it you're practically betting on him being healthy uh that's one of the biggest things and he has had back-to-back seasons where he's just been plagued by injury now you look at last season he started off pretty hot like he was he was doing really really good work i think he had like nine home runs in 18 games he was hitting um, pretty well. I think he had like a almost a three point uh, or point three ERA. So or not ERA. Sorry, batting average. Um, so ultimately, when you look at him, like he's got the juice, he's got the ability to do it. But then he got a he got like a calf injury, and that sidelined him for about a month. And then he came back and he was just ice cold. And I think a lot of people have been watching Aaron Judge. People know how good he can be, how like great of a player he is, but he can't keep it together and can't stay healthy and everyone's waiting for what he did his rookie year when he was the rookie of the year and he finished number two in mvp voting as a rookie mm-hmm. like he's got that much ability but um i think that he's this is going to be his first healthy year in a minute um and he's going to be able to string it together um and i i honestly think he gets it done uh, over a guy like mike trout which would be really hard but i think he's able to do it can i say one thing about aaron judge yeah go ahead re- real quick um 
So the last time I actually watched baseball, like watched like a, a good amount of the season, was Aaron Judge's rookie year. Yeah. And I remember, dude, like this dude was a rookie hitting hitting dingers like left mm-hmm. and right, dude. Like it was amazing. And I actually bought his jersey, Aaron Judge, <laughs> his ro- a rookie. I have it at my house on the west side. I have his uh, Yankees jersey. I also have a t-shirt, his all-star t-shirt. Like, mm-hmm. this guy was the reason I watched any baseball, like, at all throughout high school. So I really like that pick, Cajo. If I had to pick someone, it would probably be him, too, probably because it's the only person I know in the AL. <laughs> and, well, what do you th- so what do you think about him, Austin? Because, like, didn't he, he broke the home run record, or the rookie home run record uh, back in the day, and then immediately... I think right after that was when Pete came back and Alonzo mm-hmm. did it the next year and broke his record. But uh, what do you think about Judge right now? I think it's a good pick. And like you said, it's just a bet on if he stays healthy. It's been tragic that he hasn't been able to because this man is an alien in the outfield. I think he's nearly mm-hmm. seven feet tall and <laughs> can steal second base on like some of the best catchers in the league. Like, yeah. How is that even possible? So, mm-hmm. And, of course, you've got the power. He's a great outfielder. He's got everything that it takes to be – not only the MVP, but, I mean, just one of the best players in the league for the next 10 years if he can just stay healthy. So yeah, I think it's a great pick, and hopefully he can stay healthy. The Yankees have been bitten by that injury bug, man. It's It sucks to see, but what can you say? I was talking Yankees, to so – at Sometimes it's like you're kind of thankful yeah. <laughs> that they're not in the World Series. <laughs> yeah. So. I was talking to Cody about it, and I said it's kind of like a, you look at, like, a Rob Gronkowski where it's, like, one player where you look at him and you can't deny their greatness – but, like, early career, Rob Gronkowski could not stay on the field. Like, there were times when he would come off of an injury, and the week that he came off injury would come back with a worse – or would get injured even worse in that game. Mm-hmm. Like, And I think that uh, with Aaron, like, assuming that we see what we saw at the beginning of last season versus the end of last season, I think he is that kind of player where he's just got so much greatness. I just hope it's not uh, derailed by injury now. We'll talk about uh, Rookie of the Year next. You can go AL or NL. doesn't really matter. Um, who do you think, if you were to lock down Rookie of the Year right now, who do you feel safest with? Well, Rookie of the Year is so hard to pick, so I'm, I think I'm just going to say both of them in one sentence. In the AL, I've got Wander Franco from the Tampa Bay Rays. And in the NL, kind of an upset pick. He's way down on the odds list. But I got Seth Beer on the Arizona Diamondbacks, a first baseman with a lot of pop in his bat. Wow. Watch out for that name. It's an easy one to remember because, you know, <laughs> the last name is uh, an easy one to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back. No, I got you. I got you. <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, I think uh, I'll have to go with the easiest one. Um, and then we can obviously talk about uh, Kalenic after. But uh, I'm going to go with Orozarena. Uh, I talked about – I mentioned him a little bit earlier. Just so hard to deny how great he was in the playoffs. And obviously the playoffs won't count towards uh, any Rookie of the Year stuff this year, right? Like the, those mm-hmm. those aren't factoring in. But if he continues to do during the season what he was doing in the playoffs, he had one of the most insane streaks by any rookie ever. And um, that just that caliber not only showing up uh, in games, but showing up in some of the biggest games in the entire sport, like – uh, that shows a lot of juice for that kid. I think that he's uh I think that he's definitely probably going to be the favorite to win it um from everyone just how could you not be? But uh talk briefly about Kalenic. Like uh do you think I think it's going to be a little bit tough for him. Uh do you think that he's going to be playing beginning of season or do you think that this is something we where we see him moved up a little bit later on? Well, I think it's going to be something where 
Jared Kalenic is going to be moved up to the Mariners roster a little bit later in the year. They have, I believe, sent him down to AAA to start the year for now. Uh, and so it just depends on, you know, a multitude of factors. How serious is this Kyle Lewis injury? Uh, if any other injuries pop up in the outfield, if a guy like Jake Fraley has to fill in until Kalenic's up and he really does not look good in the majors, that might give Kalenic some more time and get him up earlier than uh, than scheduled. But, you know, I expect a guy like Kalenic to come up and be good, but it just depends on how late in the season he comes up to if he will be in that contention for Rookie of the Year or not. Obviously, as a Mariners fan, you hope. But we have seen what the team likes to do with these young guys and controlling their contract time and their MLB service time. And, you know, we might not see him until later in the year, but we'll we'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, here's to hoping. I mean, it would be super cool to get back-to-back Rookie of the Years, but uh, it'll it'll definitely be a tough one. Now, we are going to go on to our last one, one where we will definitely have no Mariners talk, I would say. Uh, <laughs> World Series matchups. Uh, if you were to put down, um, you can take this any way you want, either what teams you want to see or what teams you just think are going to be there. Who are the two that you got? Yeah, I'll go with the teams that I think that I really do think will be in it this year. We look in the NL. I think the top three teams in order are Dodgers, Padres, Braves. Yeah. So here's the problem with the Dodgers and Padres. They're in the same division, so one of them's gonna have to be a wild card team, and that makes it tough for that team to get into the playoffs because the wild card game is a one is back to a one game play in for the playoffs, and so even though you have two of the best teams, they're in the same division. So. Here's what I think is going to happen. The Braves and either the Dodgers or Padres meet in the NLCS, and I think the Braves win and go on to the World Series. Wow. And then I think in the AL, uh, I think guys like Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge and their pitching rotation stay healthy, and I've got the Yankees coming out of the AL. All right. So Braves, Braves, Yankees. Braves, Yankees. All right. Um, I'm going to have to go with – I have the Yankees going. Uh, and it's it's not because I have any specific love for the Yankees. I do think that I have to kind of stick by, uh, if I'm going MVP for um, Judge, uh, that they're just going to get there. If he reaches his full potential, I think that they're going to get there. So now, then, it comes down to who in the NL is going to go. And I think that we're going to see um, the Dodgers uh, finally go down to the Padres. I think the Padres are going to be able to do it uh, and get all the way um, – because I think it would be super fun to watch the Yankees, who have kind of been the league villain, to now one of the young, up-and-coming, fun teams with the Padres. And for that narrative, I would hope that the Padres win. But uh, I'm going Padres with Yankees on this one. All right, and then, Cody, did you want to throw one out? I know yes, uh, I, I'm going to throw oh, one out just for a loop. I, I, don't, I don't know how good these teams are, but I'm just going to throw it out because I think, you know, why not? I want to see the Toronto Blue Jays represent the American League because Toronto Blue Jays, why not? They, I like their mascot. They mm-hmm. look cool. Um, and then I also want to see the Padres represent the National League, obviously, yeah. because of Tatis and all that. But actually, they're good, so they actually have a real shot of doing that. Do the Blue Jays actually have a shot <laughs> at making the playoffs at all, even? I think they've got a shot at making the playoffs this year. They've got a lot of young talent, Kevin yeah. Biggio, Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., so it's just how much those guys progress this year. They did make the playoffs. They snuck in as the eighth seed last year. Oh. Obviously got eliminated by the Rays in the first round quite easily. But <laughs> Blue Jays are another team that – here's the thing that I think keeps them out of the playoffs this year, how good the rest of the AL East is with the yeah. Yankees and Rays and even a team like the Red Sox who might not make it again this year but always good and always a team to watch out for. 
So, but that's a pretty good pick. That'd be a fun World Series to watch and a lot of travel for the players. Imagine going yeah. to and from San Diego and Toronto for a oh. World Series. That would not be fun. For them. Sorry, let's go Blue Jays. I like, their, I like their like <laughs> All right, well, it's been fun having you on, Austin. Thank you very much. You're always welcome to stay for everything, but I know you get off work super-duper early in the morning, so this is pretty much it. <laughs> We're <Yeah>. infringing on <laughs> bedtime for you right now. Thank so. you, Austin. Yeah, we yeah, appreciate we it, man. Thank you for <laughs> yeah, uh, thank allowing Thank you guys me. for having me. And, uh, yeah, before I go, Gonzaga wins 83-65 over Creighton, so rooting for them Let's in the go. Elite Eight. Go Gonzaga. You know, living in Spokane, so I have to root for the home team at this point. So, But thank you guys for having me. Hey, no problem. Thank you very much for being on. All right, and we will disconnect with Austin here. I got to do some fancy work. Uh, Cody, talk for a sec. All right, what's up, guys? Um, All right, actually, while we're talking about Gonzaga for a second, um, I want to briefly discuss the fact that UCLA is playing Alabama tonight. Now, here's the thing about UCLA. UCLA had this dude named Moses Brown, if you guys know. Um, He dropped 20 and 20 for the Thunder last night. And I am debating whether or not I should pick up his card. So if you guys are into (laughs) sports cards, just... uh, that Kajo, that's the guy we were gonna. I was actually gonna ask you All for right. help, Moses Brown. So I'm debating we'll if Brown. you think I should get his card. For those of you who are in his sports car, he dropped a 2020 double double last night. His first ever wow. game. <laughs> 20 points, tw- uh, 23 rebounds. So if you think I should, text in at 509-963-2311. All right. Well, uh, so we're gonna wrap it up uh, with one final topic. Um, we're gonna be talking about NFL draft news and. I'll kind of let you um, go off on this one because it's a team that's very yes, near and dear to your heart. Yes, sir. So um, let's get going. Let's uh, let's break down what the trade actually was. You want to do that or you want me to? You can do that. You're the statistics okay. guy. <coughs> I will talk about uh, my team, though. Okay, okay. So Niners, uh, first move that they made, they got the third overall pick from the Dolphins. They traded up in the draft. And the Dolphins receive their 12th this year, a first and a third in 2022, and a first round in 2023. And then immediately after, the Dolphins get the sixth pick from the Eagles, so they trade back up, and the Eagles receive the 12th overall. So now the Eagles are picking 12th. Uh, They get the number uh, 123 from this year, and then they get a Dolphins 2022 first-rounder. So uh, in total, that means the Niners are now picking at three. That means the Dolphins are picking at six, Mm -hmm. and the Eagles are now picking at 12. So um, obviously, I think we know what this means. Okay, I, th- I think we know. So uh, here's the thing, I I want to I want to talk about the Niners. I will get into because I am a Niners fan. For you guys who you know don't know that, sorry to disappoint you. I am I do like the Niners. Um, I want to say you're good. You're good. I was, oh, I'm good. The you light got, just turned off. You look like bad. you were waving at me. Yeah, so no, I was like, turn on <laughs> I was this like, light. It just turned off on me. Okay. Okay. So the Niners, they gave up their 22 first or 2022 first, 2023 first, and the first this year for the number three pick. So. In my head, it is obvious that we are going for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing, though. If we're going to give up our future for a Zach Wilson, a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance, why wouldn't we try not to cash in for a Deshaun Watson, in my <laughs> opinion? I don't understand what John Money Lynch apparently is what we call him. What is he like? If you're gonna trade our future first picks away, like why wouldn't you just cash in for Deshaun Watson? Because I can guarantee that Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Watson will be better than them for this year. That's a guarantee. There's no way those three rookies are gonna come in and just be better than Deshaun Watson. So that didn't happen. We have the third pick. Cool. Now I'm gonna tell you something, Kajo. Okay. If the Niners, I, sw- I swear. 
to ev- on everything that I own. I will sell every single thing I own. I will burn it to the <laughs> ground. If the San Francisco 49ers draft another D lineman with their third pick, they won't. They I won't. swear. They won't. I think that they're pretty much locked in on a quarterback. Uh, I agree. I think so, so, too. But the question is now, who do you think the three are? Because I think that we've kind of reached a consensus that Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, uh, I mean, Zach Wilson might go one uh, with some of the talks, but I think Trevor Lawrence is pretty much locked in. I think in Trevor Lawrence one. is consistent. So we get, so we get Trevor, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. So now who's that third pick going to be? You think Zach Wilson's going second to the Jets? Yeah. You think they're going to get rid of Darnold? Um, I think that it's, I think it's pretty locked and loaded. And if they don't, then that means that they're probably going to trade out of that pick. Okay. You'd have to think that the Jets would probably trade out of the number two overall pick when they can get a King's ransom if they aren't going to draft a quarterback. And that just means a team that is going to draft a quarterback is going to give them that ransom. So I would say that ultimately when you look at that, there are going to be three quarterbacks off the board. I think it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and then for the third one uh, where the Niners are picking, who do you think that they're going? I mean, if you do, okay, I'm going to go what I, I think they're going to get Wilson because here's what I thought was going to happen. I think that Jags, obviously they're going to take Lawrence. I think that's pretty obvious. That's the consensus number one pick. Like every, like they're taking Lawrence. I actually think the Jets could reach on a Jamar Chase. So I think they go Jamar Chase with that second overall pick. Give Darnold another chance because they got rid of Adam Gase. Thank God, dude. Like, I don't know why he was stuck it out for, oh my God. Anyways. I actually think they reach on Jamar Chase and Wilson, hopefully, oh, by the bearing of God's falls to us. Because <laughs> if we get Zach Wilson, I am so hyped. Get rid of Jimmy G. I don't need him. I don't actually no, keep him as a backup because Wilson might get his injured. But if Wilson does go second, honestly, dude, I I'd rather us get like You're looking at Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or Mac Jones. I I'm gonna keep it real, Chief. I, I don't have like, I'm not excited about any of these guys. You're not excited about Trey Lance? Not really. Okay, not I gotta really. I gotta say, not Trey really. Lance is uh, being touted as potentially the next iteration of Josh Allen. Like, that level of physicality, that oh, level of God. talent. Oh but when you... Stop but when the you, cap, bro. No, 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 no. But here's the Josh problem. Allen? is he played, at a, he played at a D2 school, uh, same one that Carson Wentz played at, and not a lot of people are showing him love right now. Because a lot of people have those question marks. And I think that when you look at ultimately what he's going to become, why would you not want him to be maybe sitting a year behind Jimmy Garoppolo if he has that level of talent? Why would you not want him to be with an offensive guru like Kyle Shanahan if he has that sort of talent? And I think ultimately if there are any problems in his head, he's going to be getting him put all together and made really easy for him. And they're going to be spelling out that playbook like the alphabet, like just simple ABCs for him. Because Kyle Shanahan can do that. He can get receivers open. He can get your tight end way open up the middle. He can make the run game take pressure off of the quarterback. And I think that if you guys are looking at a quarterback, I think Trey Lance is going to be the perfect guy to take. I just, I don't, like, if Trey Lance is the guy that we are going to take, why would we trade up to three to get him? Because from what I'm hearing from you, it sounds like he's projected to go late first round. I th- so I'll talk about it a little bit later on, but I think there's a fear. I think that there's a fear among these teams that want a quarterback that aren't going to get a quarterback um, because there are five quarterbacks, and when you look at the five quarterbacks, there are a lot more than five teams that are looking for them. So, That's true. Um, we'll move on, and uh, that, that'll come up in a sec, but 
actually no, that moves on right into our no. next question. I mean, I had that. I'll I had that ready. Your, I'll answer your question real quick though before we start talking about the rest. I think that if I had to pick who we're drafting, I think we're drafting Justin Fields. I'm not happy about it though. Okay. Okay. Well, my question now is, does this cause other teams to want to move up? Because I think that there was already kind of a desire to, but do you think that this is going to make other teams want to move up even more? I think so. I think so. I think that, I mean, you see the Niners, obviously they move up to three. They want a quarterback. So if a team really wants a quarterback, like teams that need one more than the Niners do, because yes, I know. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo, he, he's not good, but the thing is, he gets the job done, okay? He really does. He gets carried by our defense. We have good run blockers. We have good pass blockers. Like, he can get carried to the Super Bowl like he did, you know, last couple yeah. years ago, yeah. you know? So, I feel like teams that are more quarterback needy, like, say the Texans, if wa- they do trade Watson, like, I, I don't know. Maybe they try to work something Ooh. out with the Niners. Get that third pick. Give us Watson, please. <laughs> or That's an interesting one. I never even thought of a... I never even thought of the Texans going back and grabbing an, a quarterback, but I could see it. Um, when you when you look at this though, uh, so let's say that you can grab what you guys grab one of these rookie quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's either going to be Fields or Lance, I would assume. Mac Jones, maybe, but I'm assuming um, Fields. I'm assuming, but it's going to be one of those guys. So it's yeah. going to be two left standing. Um, what other teams, uh, other than like the Texans and those guys, uh, like that potentially? I don't know. Just have uh, or just like Steelers. a few picks back, a few picks back maybe. Maybe the Steelers. Steelers? Ooh, that's a pretty deep jump or pretty high jump. I, like what are they picking at right now? They're currently at 24. 24. Okay. Yeah. Um can you give me the lottery rundown? The top 12? I don't know the dra- exact draft order. <sighs> yeah, so. we have uh, the Jaguars, the Jets, the Niners, the Falcons, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Lions, the Panthers, the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Giants, and then the Eagles, if you're going through the top 12. Okay. Um, I think somewhere in there, um, th- when you look at 7 through 9, you have Lions, Panthers, Broncos. I think Panthers. I think that those three are like basically... Um, if the Falcons, I'm, the Falcons are kind of a weird one right now because uh, the things available at the top of the draft are quarterbacks, tackles, and uh, receivers. Those are what you'd have to assume to be the big three, yeah. and they don't really need any of those. They don't need any of those at this moment. So if they trade out, it would be interesting. Now you have the Bengals and the Dolphins up next at five and six. They're not going quarterback, mm-hmm. so that leaves the Panthers, Broncos, uh, and Lions. I actually think the Panthers, now that you're saying it out loud, I actually think the Panthers could try to move up and draft, like, a quarterback. Like, maybe, mm-hmm. like, if Trey Lance or, say, say Lawrence, Wilson, and we pick Fields, that's three quarterbacks back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Mm-hmm. So there's only two left, like you said. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers actually, you know, call up the Falcons, you know, because you said the Falcons don't need a quarterback. They don't need a receiver right now. So maybe they call up the Falcons and be like, yo, like, let us move into the four spot, and they select Trey Lance or Mac Jones, you know? I, I, I could see it for the Panthers. I think we might see a jump from the 15 spot with the Patriots moving up and potentially snagging somebody. I think that they, when you look at their offseason, wow. it's clear that they want to have a lot going right now. Like Solid pick. They are ready to see the team succeed. And whether it's under Cam or not, they don't know. But I think that getting one of these quarterbacks where I think the final two are kind of like you expect them to be a little bit experimental, you know, Uh, you're going to have to hold them for probably a little bit of time. They're going to sit behind a starter and then you'll pull them and bring them in during the season like you saw with like Tua. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I think, actually, I that, think with the Pats, that that wouldn't be a terrible idea. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. I did. I honestly, I could see that too because, like you said, in the off season, they're making more moves than anyone. So maybe they do hit up a team in like seven, nine, or like someone like that, and just hit hit them up and like, yeah, we'll move up and select their quarterback. I could see them rolling with Mac Jones, and I think Belichick could do something with Mac Jones. I'm not gonna lie. I got a weird feeling, uh, and this goes to my last team. I could see really moving up. Uh, I have a feeling Mac Jones is going to be playing on the Washington football team. It's a weird feeling. Really? Weird feeling. I, I It just feels right. <laughs> I don't me. know. I, I want to see. Okay, I don't want to, but I think he would have the most success on the Patriots with Bill Belichick. Yeah, obviously. I think, yeah. His, I think any player's ideal situation is to go to the Patriots, but... I don't um, know, man. I think the Washington football team could move up. They've got Fitzmagic, and I think Fitzmagic has shown that he's a great mentor when it comes to like being nice and understanding that there's a time when he's got to move out and let the younger guy who is supposed to be the franchise guy take his place. He's yeah. just at that point in his life where he's a bit older, um, even if he is playing great. Now, my question for you now is, do you think that we see five quarterbacks going into the top or going in the top five? Five? like Half of the picks are quarterbacks. <laughs> Or uh, top 10, top 10, top 10. My oh, bad. top 10? I see five I, quarterbacks going in the top 10. I think it's a he- big possibility that it could happen. Do I think it's going to happen? No. I think four quarterbacks will go in the top 10. Four? I think, okay. I think all but Mac Jones will go in the top 10. All right. That is my prediction. If Mac Jones does get selected in the top 10, though, I kind of will be surprised. I'm not going to lie. I don't think he's top 10 talent worthy, in my opinion. I think he's – if you get him, like, he's like uh, – I want to – I don't want to compare him – to Johnny Manziel, <laughs> but uh, I feel like he reminds me of Johnny Manziel, it, minus all the bad stuff that Johnny Manziel th- does. But like play wise, like they're both like they both had flashy seasons out of nowhere, and they play similar, yeah. in my opinion. So I don't know. I think he should go late twenties. That's what I would if I was want if I wanted Mac Jones, I would probably put him late twenty. But if he does go into top ten, I wouldn't be surprised. All right, yeah. Uh, I I think that we will see this run on five quarterbacks. I think that there are so many quarterback-needy teams. It's not necessarily about, like, if all of them are top ten worthy. I think it's just about if the quarter or if the teams are scared enough to kind of, like, trade up and go for them, and I think that a lot of them will be, especially with some of the quarterback-needy teams, like, hanging around within that top ten uh, with their normal picks. So we could see like the Falcons trade out. We could see the Dolphins move down again and acquire even more picks. But yeah, I don't but know what, yeah, dude, the Dolphins. Speaking of the Dolphins, yeah, yeah, it looks like the Dolphins are now still planning to snag someone early, but they, they made it clear they're not going for a quarterback. There was a lot of speculation that Tua wasn't the guy and stuff. But do you think that there's anyone specific that they're chasing? And who do you think that would be? Uh, I'm not really sure what the Dolphins, who the Dolphins are chasing. I mean, say. Say Wilson does go second, then I think they could j- take Jamar Chase, I guess, at six. But I really – I want Jamar Chase to go two to the Jets. I really do. So I don't want to say the Dolphins take Jamar Chase. I don't want to say that. Um, prospects, let's see. I'm not big on prospects. So I know Micah Parsons, mm-hmm. right, the middle linebacker out of uh, BYU? Yeah. Yeah, BYU? Yeah, uh, he plays with Wilson. Oh, no, 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 not uh, Micah Parsons. Is it BYU? Or is it Penn State? Penn State. Penn State. Penn, Penn State. State, yes. Yeah, they're both Sorry. blue-white. My bad, my bad. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Micah Parsons out of Penn State. I know he's a good middle linebacker, and they just lost. Um, I'm blanking on his name. They just lost him, Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, right? yeah. So they might get a linebacker to re- replace his um, hole that 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 he left. Yeah. They also could get uh, Pat Sertan, 
maybe mm-hmm. to pair him up with that'd be juicy. Xavier uh, Howard. That oh my god, could you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> Already just a great corner, and then I mean, one of the ways that they say to make it to the playoffs is make sure you're winning your division, build your team to win your division, and I think uh, if you're lining up a bunch of uh, especially with um with just like so much talent in there uh and you can see like coming up with quarterbacks and stuff getting those corners to lock everyone down i think that that's that's probably what uh they could end up doing but i also think that they might want to stay relevant in the passing game which is why i could definitely see them going jamar chase maybe jalen waddle he's okay. getting a lot of hype right now what uh, about the heisman winner Devontae Smith. smith yeah. uh i actually have heard some things that jalen waddle might be going above him. Really? Yeah. Well, because Devonta Smith played an entire season. Jalen Waddle did not. Okay. Jalen Waddle, when you looked at him, when you looked at his tape, looks basically like if you took Henry Ruggs and just gave him, like, way more ability. Like he's just that fast and he's that good. Gotcha. Um. So I th- I could see them going either way. Honestly, Devonta Smith, like, it's so hard to look at a Heisman winner and say we're not gonna take him right here. But um, I mean, yeah. if you look in like past history, like a lot of Heisman players don't really pan out in the NFL. I think the last one to actually pan out was was it Cam Newton? Is there someone yeah. else after him that panned out in the NFL? Heisman winners? Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there there are a bunch of Heisman winners that work out. Kyler Murray's working out right now, I think. Oh yeah, I did. I forgot he won Heisman. <laughs> uh, Lamar totally Jackson was a Heisman winner. You, oh. There, there are lots of Heisman okay. winners. I, I, okay. Well, I mean, okay. Didn't I guess Derek I think Henry of like, a Heisman? <laughs> I guess I think of, I, I think of people like Mark Ingram, when, like he won the Heisman. Hey, Mark Ingram was and a like, fun player, dude. He's good. And like, I don't know. He just, <laughs> I watched Mark Ingram run on the Ravens, and I laugh every time. <laughs> Same with Devin Singletary. I, they're just so cute to watch play football. <laughs> like, they're just so cute with their stubby legs. Like. Ooh. I, I never thought I'd be hearing you call some grown men cute like that. Dude, just watch them run the football, man. It's just so funny. They like do. They're running like Tom and Jerry out there. It's <laughs> hilarious. All but. right, and then uh, I got one more question. Um, so, obviously, the Niners have Jimmy G. The Jets yep. still have Sam Darnold. Yep. Now, do you think that these two players, uh, if their teams draft a quarterback, which is never certain, but I think that it's probably going to happen, do you think that they stay on their teams or that they get traded away? Okay, so Jimmy G, I think he stays. Um, okay. I'm not gonna. I, I I think he stays because if we do draft a quarterback, knowing Kyle Shanahan and the way he runs things, he's probably gonna put him on the bench, have Jimmy G play, have Jimmy G mentor him, and all that stuff. Um, there are also a lot of uh, rumors that Niners. Uh, John Lynch said that Jimmy G isn't going anywhere. Um, for all we know, that could be cap. Like that. <laughs> that could be just straight up lies. Yeah. You know. So. But I do think Jimmy G stays. Now, the Jets and Darnold, however, if the Jets do take Wilson at two, I think Darnold's as good as gone. Really? I think so. I think the Jets are going to give up on Darnold if they take Wilson. Um, would I, do I think it's fair for them to give up on Darnold? No. But I think if he got traded to, like, I don't know, maybe if they made a trade with, let's see, gave him to Panthers – they need a quarterback. Give him to the Vikings, maybe. I don't know. Some somewhere where he can be used and needed, where like they, maybe the team has an aging quarterback that could get hurt, and he comes in, plays exceptionally well, leads them to a wild card seed, and has a good career. I don't know. That that's my opinion, though. That's what okay. I think is gonna happen. 
Yeah. Um, I, do you have any uh, any predictions on where these players might go if they do get traded? Darnold? I think yeah. Darnold could go to the Vikings. Vikings? I, 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 what? I, I don't know why, but kind of like how you said you saw Mac Jones um, in a Washington football team. In a Washington team. football jersey. Like, I see Sam Darnold in a Vikings jersey. <laughs> oh, wow. He, he reminds me of Sam Bradford and Kirk Cousins, both quarterbacks that they just love to get for some reason in trades. So wouldn't be surprised if they traded for Sam Darnold, you know? So <laughs> I, I got can a, see it. I got a weird feeling about the Bears. I think that you look at the Bears, and uh, they got they got Andy Dalton right now. He's sitting at their QB1 spot. And I think that after making the playoffs last year, there's no way that they feel like they don't have a window here. And I feel like they want to make sure that they get the best quarterback in there. They made it with Mitch Trubisky. So, like, who knows what Andy Dalton's going to be able to do. Um, I don't know if Andy Dalton's better or worse than him in Chicago. But I think when you look at Sam Darnold and the potential that he brings, they would love to have that on their team. Um, That's I, I, I yeah, that's just I like that. Maybe maybe even the Steelers. I hope he doesn't go to the Steelers. I hope but. he doesn't go to the Steelers too. Um I mean, could he go to the Patriots? Uh yeah, he but d- do you think the Jets would really want to trade him to oh, the rivals yeah. and I then forgot. watch They're him in the succeed? Same They're in the same division. Yeah, yeah I completely so. forgot. So I don't think he's going to the Patriots. All right, well, uh, if you want to weigh in on this one, you can text in 509-963-2311. Let us know. Where do you think that Sam Darnold might go? Where do you think Jimmy G might go? And maybe which quarterback do you think that the Niners are going to be selecting now with their number three overall? If they select a quarterback, I think they're going quarterback. I, I think, think so that's too. pretty. They're I don't. I don't think you trade up that much to not go quarterback. They, you they better go quarterback. Yeah. I swear to God. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, we got a little bit of time left to finish. Uh. Did you want to look at some of the March Madness scores that are going on right now? And is then, anyone uh, playing right now? I don't know. Uh. Let me look. I think the next game was at two something. Yeah, it's at two specifically. Florida State versus Michigan is at two um and then the rest of the games are evening games so all right well let's uh let's go over like i guess later brackets then like let's uh let's check out what the bracket is looking at right now yep and then see uh see who we got moving on yep okay so next up in the game we have you go ahead all right so i was gonna say so we have the midwest and the south already set up for us which is it's going to be a houston versus oregon state matchup for the Midwest, and Baylor versus Arkansas for the South. So just based off predictions right right now, um, who, who are you thinking, Cajal, going to the Final Four? Uh, can you repeat those teams? Sorry. So we got Oregon State and Houston. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously, I think it's going to be Houston. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm – kind of wishing for uh Oregon State cuz I think that that would be kind of I'm not I hope they get waxed. <laughs> I hope they get I demolished. I know but I I know so many Ducks fans and I think it would be so funny. I think I it would be so good. From from the bottom of my heart, I hope they get pounded. Like <laughs> smacked. Can't grab any offensive rebounds at all. I hope. Yeah, right. I'm going Houston for that. Um <laughs> Yeah. I mean Baylor and Arkansas I I think Baylor's like the the big clear winner. Um, I think so too. Arkansas. I mean, look, here's the thing. I love Oral Roberts, but uh, Arkansas could barely beat them. Yeah, they they squeaked out a win, and they really came down to like a missed three pointer. So, um, I think that we're probably going to see Baylor. Um, 
And then they're going to be going on, I would say, against Houston, but I'm hoping for Oregon State, but it'll probably be Baylor-Houston, you know? Yeah. It's definitely going to be Baylor-Houston <coughs> for that side. And then for the West, obviously, Gonzaga won, beat Creighton. Good job. Yep. And then Congrats. they will face the winner of USC and Oregon. Now, okay. I think Oregon can pull this one off, this one one seed divisional upset, because they're seven, USC is six. Um, will I be surprised if they lose? No, just because of Evan <laughs> Mobley. He's good, bro. He's too good. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would like Oregon to win, but I definitely think we're going to see a USC versus Gonzaga in the next round for the West. So what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's probably going to be USC. And the biggest – like, if I'm going to concede on uh, Oregon losing uh, next week – or sorry, Oregon State losing next week. I really want it so that Oregon loses this week, just so we can say Oregon State went further. That little twelfth seed I, that I could. Don't want that. So I really um, don't so want I'm going that. USC on that one, and <laughs> and then that locks us into some of the bigger hitters. Uh, we got Michigan and Florida State. Yes, sir. I uh, got Florida State winning. You got I Florida. Got, ooh, I got Florida State winning the entire thing. Really? That's my bracket winner. That's who you I went picked. with a four seed. Yeah, going up against Zaga. I have <laughs> Dag losing to them in the final four. No, I got I got Oregon. So so far, the East and West side of my bracket is almost spot on, except for UCLA. I have every team right except for UCLA on that side. Okay. So I predicted that Zag was gonna you know beat Creighton, you know all this stuff, and then I I actually do. I think Michigan Michigan the one seed loses to Florida State. And I don't know how the heck UCLA made it here. Um, I don't really watch UCLA basketball that much. But I think Alabama squeaks out the win against them. Yeah. I'm just going to throw it out there. And then we have a Florida State and Alabama matchup. I think Florida State will take it past Alabama. I I, I honestly do believe that it's going to be Florida State-Gonzaga. Um, but I do think Gonzaga wins that one. You think so? Yeah. I Dude, they've, I want they're to, just on a roll. Don't get me wrong. They're rolling. Don't get me wrong, I want them to, but for the sake of my bracket, I wouldn't be mad if they lo- I wouldn't be as mad if they lost, you know? Because yeah. I think it would be awesome for the hometown team to win for once, Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Like I was I saw um, a thing on Twitter like a couple of days ago like this team that we have right now is better than the team that won the championship not that long ago. Yeah. So I think I, I think that they've I think they've got the juice uh I, and I think they're going to win. Um, ultimately, when it comes up to getting to the national championship game, or yeah, the, dude, they're waxing the every team they play against. Uh, yeah. So when it comes to the finals now, um, who who did we have? We had a uh, Houston up against Baylor. Yeah, Houston up against All Baylor. Right, who do you got? Houston Baylor. Houston Baylor. I got Baylor. Okay. I got Baylor. So I, so we we got some no fun one seeds. We got Baylor up against Zags. I'm gonna go Zags on this one. Oh, I got Baylor up against FSU. <laughs> Let's go I'm with going. Zags on this one. All right, who, fine, who, who fine. Do you think I'll goes? go with Zags. Okay, Zags. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, okay. <laughs> of course I'm rooting for Zags. Cool, cool, cool. If Florida State loses, I want Zag to win out then. Okay. Like, Zag, rooting for Zag all the way because I just think it'd be super cool just to watch him win with this team. This team is just so good, so talented. Mm-hmm. So. All right, for well, sure. next game starts here in four minutes, right? Uh yeah, four minutes. So All I right. think that's time to wrap up yeah. our show. <laughs> so we get to watch that one. <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to catch that game. But uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning into our show. It's been an absolute pleasure being your guys' host. Uh, Kajal, any final words? Uh, nothing really. Why don't you just bring us out? Remember, I'm gonna play some music under you this time, so we oh, don't got no pause. All, right. All right, thank you guys. Uh, make sure you guys tune in next week, and uh, I'll see y'all then. Peace out. See y'all.